You are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. We know life is precious and your time is valuable, so thank you for making our show part of your day. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. Chompcast gives you double life experience points. It's true. Try it. Listen to the show. See what happens. Every show is streaming and downloadable at SwordChomp.com and of course iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, every major podcast outlet. Head on over and give us a five-star rating if you can. Subscribe. Uh, help get the Chompcast name out there. Um, also, Patreon.com slash SwordChomp. We can talk more about how you can become a VIP Chomper later. You have been patiently waiting for our more in-depth Last of Us 2 impressions. Perhaps you have been uh, laying prone in some tall grass, if you get my drift, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, metaphorically speaking. Now it's time to leap out and bludgeon us in the cranium with a large pipe. Me- metaphorically. Okay, this metaphor is really getting away from me here. Um, but I'm excited to talk to you guys about, look, I got prone on the brain, okay? I'm going to try to work the word prone into every conversation I can today. Prone this, prone that feeling prone um we are going to be talking a lot about the last of us too because last week we basically just had like a couple hours with the game and that's the number one thing people want us to talk about and we haven't been able to do it so finally it'll happen you know in an interview with um wired the director of the last of us neil Druckmann, warned some of the fans of the original game are not going to like this game and not like where it goes and not like what it says or the fate of the characters that they love i'd rather have people passionately hate it than just be yeah, it was all right. Did we love it? Did we hate it? Well, we proved the Druckmeister wrong by announcing feelings of seething ambivalence. Yes, only I can call him the Druckmeister. We're good friends. Um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll see Please how that Please don't use goes. my name with that man's name. <laughs> well, you know what you think you have a monopoly on Meister? Is that how this works? Yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, sorry, Rich. It's very disrespectful. I, I deeply, deeply apologetic. Well, um, I, I can't accept your apology right now, but I'll definitely uh, reflect on it. Okay, thank you. Just well, what if what if we just switch them so it's the Druckmeister and Rich Man, Richman, <laughs> Richman. Well, that's Richman. my assumed identity when I live underground with the sewer people in the year thirty thirty five. So I don't, I don't really want to jump on that just yet. He's, he's got that all planned out. Okay. Uh, quite a deviation there, but I, I respect it. Um, it. Also, for the for the topic of the show, we actually playing a lot of the last of us. Started thinking about how like stress and anxiety plays into compelling video game elements, and we're gonna kind of uh, talk about that for the topic of the show briefly with some incredible feedback from the Ad Sword Chomp Instagram. I got a lot of great responses this week that I'm excited to kind of bounce off the crew. Um, Josh has been salvaging ship parts in Hard Space Shipbreaker. Fred Durst's favorite space game. Because you get the break yeah. stuff. Am I right, Josh? Sure. Four minutes and 48 seconds. That was, Limp Bizkit reference. I think that was a record for us. Was it? Mm, I yeah. I don't know about, I don't know about that. Um, we have Patreon shout-outs to, dis, uh, to, to go over, Patreon polls. We have Instagram polls, gelatinous Pokemans, noodle alarms coming to smash, Crash Bandicoot has never made me more hard. <gasps> oh, my God, we got an amazing show. Let's get right to some intros. Rich is here from New York, the East Coast. Um... <laughs> The, yeah, I was going to say the best coast, but I don't have a strong preference on coasts. So. Uh, live from New Pork City. 
New Pork City. Rich, uh, excited to have you here. Um, I wanted to run this by you. I thought it'd be a good time in the intros because I know you're like a Spider-Man aficionado. Just to do it live to completely throw yeah. me off guard. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole, if, if I can't do that, then what am I really doing here? Um, you assume the position of the first person I introduced on the podcast, which means that I just like to throw you off the rails. Because, you know, that used to be, at the beginning, I used to throw fish off every time because I wanted to just start the show off in a crumbling uh, fire of doom and destruction. Well, that's cruel because fish was just lost in those dope-ass clouds. Like, he didn't see it coming. <laughs> like, by the time the smoke cleared, you were already on top of him. Mm-hmm. It's true. I want to know how fire crumbles is the real thing. That's the real question. I we're know. Not I, ourselves. I, I didn't find the words I was looking for, Shay. I was imagining like a plane, you know, like disintegrating in the sky, and I just for some reason said fire crumble. Mm. You know how often that happens? Those old, when you look overhead and you see a plane disintegrating, yeah. it's just streaking all well, the way, you know, all the way across as you go. Is that what those white lines <laughs> That's what chemtrails are? In the are sky? Yeah. I always thought that was the government <laughs> trying to drug us. Well, it is, but just not in the way you'd expect. Yeah. Oh, okay. Turns out it's cheaper just to let the the plane burn itself out. Hmm. It's cheaper just to let you die. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like a, a euphemism or something about like a crash and crash and crash and burn? Maybe that's what I was looking for. I don't fucking know. Let's just go crash and burn. Before you even finished the second half, I was pretty confident that it wasn't. Yeah. No, that was my <laughs> second favorite buddy cop duo. Smoke and crumble. <laughs> smoking, smoking crumble. It actually works pretty well if you think about Look it. Look for it on the the CW coming in fall of twenty twenty one. Smoke, smoke and crumble are coming to the Arrowverse this summer. Mm-hmm. Smoke and crumble. No, they are not. Uh, uh, but this is my serious question. But they are which... wandering the empty streets for the pandemic. Smoke and crumble. <laughs> Uh, Tonight on NBC, right following God Cop. <laughs> That's right. Um, God damn, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, you're like our resident Spider-Man expert. How do you feel about this, Rich? Okay, After the Miles Morales Spider-Man game in a couple years when we get the true sequel, it's a game where you switch back and forth between Miles Morales and Peter Parker. Of course. And instead of calling it Spider-Man 2, they call it Spider-Men. I think it's a terrible title. Um, in fact, what I had said, I, I've said this previously, if you're going to do a title like that, I think you straight up steal the joke from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and call it Spider-Man 2, Too Many Spider-Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, that would I, be a different you know, tone, I, th- I think. I think that bad idea was only exacerbated, too, by Trump, or uh, Morgan's Trump impersonation with his hand gestures and his facial expression. <laughs> I'm really face. not a yeah. Trump impersonation. Spider-Men. That was like a magician just revealing his his trick for the you think, audience. You think that's the, the presentation Trump gave to Insomniac, and they were like, Mr. President, don't you have like more important things to be doing? Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man. Ah, I kind of like it. Um, well, I tried. It's going to be the they... biggest Spider-Man game ever. It's going to be huge. <laughs> Rich does a great Trump. He really does. No, can you do it? Say the thing, though. Say, we're going to call it Spider-Man. And we Man. call it Spider-Man. Huge Dude. Trump Tower right in the center of New York. Huge. All right, thank you. I feel satisfied with that. Um, <laughs> joining us from Japan, we have Shay Layton is here. Um, Professor Layton. Shay, we got it. We got Crash Bandicoot 4. It's happening. It's about time. <laughs> Please laugh. 
I feel like Shay was way too subdued about this, considering every time we talk about Crash Bandicoot, it's him fighting us, and then I'm freaking out about this game, and he's like, yeah, I saw it, it looks good. I'm like, what the fuck, it looks amazing! Come on! No, I'm, I'm excited for it. I am really excited for it. But you have to remember that after Crash Bandicoot Warped and CTR, they had Crash Bash, which is was an okay game. They had that Crash Bandicoot game, I think it was on the PS2, like the Cra- Clash of the Titans or some game. Crash like of the Titans. Some Crash of the Titans. Crash of the Titans, sorry. It was a pretty <laughs> mediocre game. So they're ha- like, granted, the, that remaster was so well done, but like, I'm still tepid. I'm still tepid right now. I'm excited. It looks great, but I also have to be a little bit tepid. Well, this so. is why I would try oh, to ease your, your tepidness, I would say. You and me both love the Spyro remakes, and they basically were talking about how they added their own flair to the art direction to make it, you know, because we used to joke about how awful Crash looked in those remakes. And, like, they literally took everything they learned from the Spyro and probably remastering those Crash games, and they're, it's like a probably going to feel kind of like a greatest hits thing, but through their own eyes. And, and they, it sounds like they're self-reverential enough to know that um, by calling it, it's about time. It, they understand that the crashes. It's kind of a joke at this point. Are we ever going to see Crash Four? You know. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm honestly pretty excited about it. There, there are a lot of things to be excited about this year, gaming wise. So, the, uh, the excitement is there. Yeah. All right. So brought my friend oh over. nice rich just pulled i was like i just saw so that was weird fit rich uh shay said that josh made a weird laughing sound and i'm like what about that it was so funny and then i look up and rich is holding a tiki mask from crash bandicoot so did the you make aku, that aku mask where did no, you get that uh an etsy store oh okay right. quite a long time ago that's amazing it hangs on all, my wall <laughs> we all agree that crash 2 is unanimously the best crash bandicoot right i would say nope. so nope I mean, the demo disc is probably the best, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I love that part. Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of people love Crash. Yeah, no, but I do want to say one thing on. I do want to say one thing on that note. Uh, Mel Winkler, who was actually the voice of Aku Aku, uh, passed away two weeks ago. Mm. Um, so I want to say rest in peace to him. Thank you for being the voice of a character of my childhood. Thank, Thank you for Crash had a voice. And, uh, I don't remember Crash talking. Pundigo. Not Crash the Aku Aku Mask. Aku, Aku, Aku. Oh, weird. And also, okay. I mean, regardless of that, Crash had a voice. He didn't say words. Yeah. But he very... Oh! <laughs> that like, was good, Shay. I like that. Wow. It, it wasn't I got excited when he did that. I was like, oh, damn. Wow. <laughs> do you guys... um? Do you, that, that, well, that, that was Crash's voice. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh! Uh, do you guys... <laughs> Are you familiar with the, the, the theme song from the almost uh, existing Crash Bandicoot Saturday morning cartoon? Of course, Rich. But care to refresh us? Sing a few bars now. That's what I'm saying. Care to refresh us? Uh, for legal reasons, I can't. But uh, uh-huh. I, I did just want to... If, if you guys have never seen that, uh, anyone listening, YouTube the Crash Bandicoot cartoon uh, theme. Uh, because they got as far as making that, and it's really fucking weird and surreal that that thing exists. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, my, my elevator pitch on that, and all we can move on, is just that I you guys heard me gush about that Spyro remake, and they are adding the same level of the art direction and, and charm to this, so I'm super jazzed about it. Yeah, but it. this time they got a make of the game, which is a... Yes, no, kind I of agree. a really That's important a, part. It's a big question mark. Yeah, like it's like it's like being a cover band. It's for your whole life, and then be like, oh, we need to write some of our own fucking music. So 
It's even weirder though because it's like a. It, it, like I was in a Nirvana cover band, but when we decided to write our own music, we weren't like now we got to write a Nirvana album. Yeah, 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 it is weird. Should be fun. Should be fun to see how it goes. Uh, thanks for being here, Shay. We got a lot to talk about. Joshua Fowler is here as well from Michigan. Um, Josh, we finally got it. Josh, a new Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Just to let him have this one, man. I think the needle just skipped. Oh, it was out. That's right. No, wait. That's that doesn't work for your intro. Damn. There's it. some cue cards missing here. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's 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 a couple cue cards missing. Hold on. The guy um, the guy on the teleprompter will get caught back up in a moment. How do you feel about noodle arms, Josh? Noodle arms. Is that a uh, sex thing? <laughs> no. I'm thinking about the Smash character, but just in general, like when you were Min-min? younger, did you? I had a um, I had an uncle who was like, "Hey, kid, he'd breathe on me with his Coors Light breath and be like, hey, you got some noodle arms there. You need to be working out.' You know? Did you ever have like an uncle that would breathe his stink on you and say, "You need to work on your noodle arms?" Uh, no. I don't talk to people that drink Coors Light. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have we have a little a, self-respect. Well, that's true. Uh, Coors Josh, Light, no, the, the most uh, hateful sm- beer in the country. I was I was referring to the Smash character that uh, announced that has uh-huh. noodle arms, right? Okay. She has Smash. She has noodle arms, right? Or weird little bouncy arms. They're Where ramen they? arms, and they do turn into dragons. Okay, that's true. Are they actually ramen arms, or is that just a joke? Like th- I think that's her character aesthetic. Is she looks like she has she ramen looks kind arms. of like a bowl of ramen? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. That is the strangest sort of like thing too that i've seen people fetishize now on the internet like the idea because you know every character gets turned into porn so it's like weird like the idea of a character based off of ramen noodles is now being porn take your safe search off when you google sonic the hedgehog and tell me that's the strangest thing they've already done that to the clown character from that game they they did it to the ratchet and clank character before the end of the press conference there was porn of that character. <laughs> oh, the, the purple the one? Yeah, the yeah, one. Like, somehow Wombucks. it was done, like, 60 seconds before the character even showed up on screen. It was pretty uh-huh. amazing. I was uh-huh. like, what the fuck is... Oh. Seems like an inside job, doesn't it? Leaking that police. God, I just that love... That was actually I, the I, name I, of the picture. It was The porn is coming from inside the studio. Mm-hmm. I don't even, like, enjoy it, but I'll spend hours just looking at it with a deep But I look it up. Just like, <laughs> wow, people are fascinating. People are interesting. I just, you know, it's weird. Fetishes are interesting to me, like the dark corners of the internet. But no, that um, that was one of the, I was basically secretly, secretly trying to melt yeah, all the polls. Yeah, I, I too watch hours and hours of porn that I, I don't really enjoy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Yeah, you know, about. that's a great way to spend your time. Mm-hmm. Don't you have kids you should be taking care of? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I need something to watch while I'm at the gym, so. Uh, huh. <laughs> You should be kicked out of your gym. <laughs> In between working on those noodle arms. Um, yeah, they announced that there's a new Smash Brothers character. I was secretly melding two poles into the intros here today. Um, you bastard. And- I know, I know. That's my new thing. I want to. I don't like us getting to the end of the show and being like, oh, let's run through five poles in seven minutes, go! Um, yeah, so the arms character reveal for Smash today. Voted on at the Sword Chomp Instagram page. Nintendo really wants you to love ARMS as much as they do. And 70% of the audience said, yeah, that's true. Now, you guys tell me ARMS is a good game. But Nintendo really seems to want people to like ARMS a lot. You know? I I think they put a lot of uh, like investment to it. And even if the, the actual gameplay isn't perfect and needs work... Like, I give them credit for, like, putting a lot of design work into characters and trying to craft another fun world. Like... 
There's so much lore. Look up the arms lore. It's fucking bonkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the, uh, Latin, the gameplay is better than people give it credit for. I think. It, yeah, like it's complicated, and I think people kind of bounce off of it. I mean, it's complicated. It has a learning curve for sure. It's. I mean, all fighting games are a little complicated, and Arms is still on the easier end of the spectrum. Kind of like, kind of like Smash Brothers. It's it makes sense. Like you can you can instantly read it and tell what's going on. Pick up and play, but there's a lot of yeah, depth but there's to a it. ton more depth okay. to it, and I think that's kind of the thing. The depth on this one is way more complicated than um, well, I don't know. I say way more complicated than Smash, but it's there's just. Because you're independently controlling the arms, there's just there's a lot going on there about how you're like actually actually controlling the character that's hard it's a cool to just idea. instantly get. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. Well I um I just downloaded the demo, so I'll let you guys know how anyways, our audience um agreed with that, but also they were in love with the new Crash Bandicoot art direction, so that's gonna be exciting drops in October. Um anyways, I'm Morgan here, General Mountain Time from Montana. And we got some heavy hitters to talk about today. Let's get right to the topic of the show. Morgan. Oh, go ahead. Really quickly, I want to say welcome to the Chompcast. I'm glad you're here for the first time. This episode is going to be strictly about anime. Oops, all anime. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We finally made it Thank you, Shay. I I love how H was trying so hard to wrangle us in in a decent manner. <laughs> it's like, hold ladies, on, Morgan, hold on. Before we get started, I gotta get this joke in. Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host Shay Layton, thanks for tuning in to Oops All Anime. Morgan, thanks for being on. Hey, just glad to be here, man. Just glad to be here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a I'm mid-podcast hijacking. <laughs> hey, I ready know a lot about, about Kamehameha's, spirit shotguns, all gear, that stuff. Gear four. I know a lot about noodle um, porn. I'm I'm ready to go. So, um, Josh, you come on, noodle. It's not that weird. Don't judge me. Um, okay, topic of the show for Oops All Anime. <laughs> What's, what? No. Uh, Sponsored by Whiskers. It's it's yeah, The Last of Us anime. It's surprising. Um, okay. So the idea for this, well, I'll let Shay introduce it because he was the one who brought it up, and then I'll get to some of the Instagram uh, comments that that we left. We can ping pong off them. But Shay, what was the inspiration for this? Was it just kind of playing through The Last of Us two or? Yeah, that's exactly what the inspiration for this was. I was playing through the game and I noticed multiple times, you know, when when you are walking in this dark area, like a house or like the underground train station, what have you, and then you're you're using your your search ability. I don't remember the specific name. The sound it, one where you listen. Yes. I think it's literally yeah, just called and, listen. I think yeah, it sounds right. Anyway, so you're sitting there and then you like see five enemies just kind of lurking and because I'm playing on hard, uh, I, I feel the need, the prescient need to take more care and develop strategies for how I approach each one of those type of scenarios. And as a result, um, there are multiple times where I had to pause the controller for a minute and just like take a deep breath and just calm down and be like, all right. It's just a fucking video game. Just chill out. It's okay, you know? Um, because most of the time when I'm playing this game, it's like late at night and um I'm like I'm I'm fighting off sleep. And so like that just kind of exacerbates the anxiety that I'm feeling with this game. 
And I think that uh, not just The Last of Us 2, but there have been a lot of games that really play upon the anxiety of players. And it's not to, you know, do anything nefarious or anything like that. It's just to make an interesting experience. You know, you have like Dead Space or you have Resident Evil games. Like Resident Evil 7 was most recent. I don't want to interrupt you, Shay. Josh, I, I wouldn't have assumed it was nefarious until you mentioned specifically that it wasn't. And now, now I have questions. Okay. How well, far up does this go? Yeah. You can continue <laughs> to type them in the chat. But anyways, um, just how certain developers use that, um, that anxiety-inducing gameplay to make an interesting game and that's just kind of something i wanted to talk about in more detail with you guys all right well that's a good setup for it and let me tell you um i know we'll have some personal thoughts and opinions but uh just in honor of sort of what i had been sort of ping-ponging off the listeners by the way when i post these on the sword chop instagram page on thursdays the idea is if you have something insightful to say I'll include you in the show. And I want to try to be as picky as I can. Like if you have something that we think can add value to the conversation, you know, we're going to pull you in. That's what's great about the, the, the chomp cast. I had this from Brandon Woolley who said, making me give a damn about the characters in the universe I'm in because being emotionally invested causes me anxiety during the most stressful parts of the game. Um, I think there's definitely something to that, especially if you're looking at a game with a lot of emotional weight or gravity. If you could make a case that if you were playing a game with characters uh, and a narrative that you didn't care about, then the, you might lose a lot of that that stress or that tension. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. For I, sure. I think that's a big thing to note that the more invested you are, obviously, the more they, that anxiety becomes apparent or possibly even multiplied you know, like you get so invested in these characters and then basically the writers are going to put those characters in some sort of peril because that draws you in even further and i think that's like obviously a basic um literary device so to speak but it's one that i i don't think we think about enough when it comes to video games so yeah absolutely he's right what about flipping that, that on its head though like Oh, I'm sorry. I saw you were done. I apologize. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. Um, what? Do, how do you feel about? Um, I'll throw this to you, Rich. How, what do you feel about the what Shay's saying there? But sort of the idea that generally speaking, as gamers, we know that the characters are are they in real peril? I mean, they in the cutscene, sure, but like yeah. as we're playing the game, it's not the peril isn't necessarily real, but the tension could still. Um, there's there's usually more plot armor than comics even have. Typically, yeah, but I think that's why it works its best when you, you kind of flip those ideas on their head uh, more so, which there are, like, there are times where games do that. Like, you know, there are um, RPGs that set up battles that you're supposed to lose. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I think there are smart and inventive ways to work around that, and one of the things you can do to most elicit an emotion from someone is kind of do something they don't expect like take the agency away like that whole classic resident evil 3 thing of having nemesis burst through one of the safe rooms yeah. like it it plays on what you know to be your safety net like and it it makes you feel vulnerable in a spot where you thought you were in the safe mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, I, I think the whole, like you mentioned, a fight you're supposed to lose. There's so much room to do that well and extremely poorly. Um, yeah. Like, this, this, the, the ends of the spectrum on that are kind of kind of all over. Uh, I was playing um, the last fight in Hellblade, um, which has a segment in it where you are supposed to die. And it does a, an interesting thing where the boss will like hit you with a, a thing that slows you down more and more as the fight goes on until eventually there's just you're you're going to be overwhelmed. It's impossible, yeah. Yeah, it, it eventually becomes impossible. Um I'd forgotten about that since my first time playing through it and so I'm going through there I'm like oh I'm getting slower and slower everything's swamping me I I can't keep up anymore and you eventually just get overwhelmed and it 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 really did stress me out at that point cuz I was just like like I I know I can do better than this like I've I've gone through this game, you know, more than once at this point. I'm really enjoy the combat and I'm fairly good at it. And then that fight comes and it's like, it's just like it's just it's over, getting yeah. under my skin. It just bothers just, yeah. you how it's designed. And, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like it, but oh. it, it it did the job it was going to because I was just like, by the time I'm done, I'm like I I I can't. can't but it sounds like things. you're more frustrated than like taken aback by being killed which is not really the same feeling yeah yeah i i don't know like it's again oddly enough there's a fight you're supposed to lose in the last of us that the first one or this one this one in the in the, in the new one um well you're not you're not supposed to lose it but like joel's I was gonna supposed say, to save I, you i beat it and i don't remember what you're talking about well the one uh, where joel saves fun. you from the bloater Oh. Is that what's because I took that motherfucker out? Yeah, I killed him. I yeah. Think. Anyway, but anyway, like I'd run around, I'd shot basically all the ammo in the area at him. But you you don't have to do the fight at all. You can just stand there and let it hit you, and Joel will kill it. Oh, I didn't even realize that because if you keep uh killing the the runners that spawn, they'll mm-hmm. drop some shotgun ammo. So I actually ended up killing ah, okay. it before Joel. Because I maybe I completely it's run out of ammo. Oh, and maybe time. Do you think maybe it's like, time because there's I've, a couple. I've of noticed sections, a bunch yeah. of awkward mechanics as far as like the when your allies can kill enemies and when they can't. Yeah, and when they can't. Like, if it's a story yeah. thing, they just physically cannot kill an enemy, which I I'm, I recorded a video earlier of, like, myself jumping over a little piece of cover and then back and forth as my Waiting ally to see if, just yeah, they would shot a thing. I'm just like, okay, let's, let's test this AI, see what happens. And because it was a story one, they just they could never kill it. Like, <laughs> they just had infinite ammo they couldn't it- kill. It seems like but, it's like only yeah. those times where you get like the like I'll get the one on the left scenario. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's just kind of strange and like I don't know, I kind of got off track as far as like but like <laughs> it, it it the uh as far as it making you stressed about whether or not you can win a fight, I th- I think it works way better whenever it the odds actually feel like they're against you instead of, oh, I can kill this, and then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, you can't. And that kind like of Like a freight gets... train, yeah. It, it just, something jumps in front of you to be like, no, sorry, can't like, do no, this. no, you are not, you are not doing this. And I think that, I think that works better uh, than, 
Because it's always frustrating whenever you think you can do something, and then you just, you can't. Can't, yeah. Because it's something you've done a million will... times before in a game, and it's just like, okay, not this time. So, that's what I was trying to get across, and then got mm. kind of derailed there, but anyway. It's all good. It's all good. The one thing I do want to say, kind of along the whole uh, plot armor bit, is I think that there are certain games in the past that have done such a good job about playing around with that and then making it pay off in a way that you wouldn't expect it to. And that's mm -hmm. part of the reason why I loved uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead, specifically the first season of it. Because the whole time, in, in a way it feels like the game is unknowingly grooming the player to be prepared for the demise of the main character. And you don't know what's coming, but the game toys around with that constant feeling of it could happen at any given moment and you need to be prepared for it because you have all these characters throughout the first season that you're moseying yeah. around with and things happen to them. Like there are points even in the very first episode of that first season where you have to choose between two characters, whether they live or die. And that kind of theme carries throughout that entire series, not just season one, but the entire series. Yeah. And when they did that, that was so affecting because it was like, okay, th this character, the main character got um, the screen time that they deserved. And it was a very beloved character. And when that character was killed, it didn't feel out of left field. It didn't feel wrong. It felt like, okay, this is believable. I understand this. And that anxiety was so much worse but also it was believable and it was understandable and i wish more games would play around with that and i wish writers would play around with that a little bit more because what you guys are talking about with plot armor it you know when it feels contrived you know when it feels like all right you, like you're taking us through the same peaks and valleys that we consistently feel and that's okay. I mean, there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. But when you are able to crank that dial up just one twist more and do it believably, that for me is what is so impactful. And that's when I feel like my anxiety pays off. And it's such a weird thing to say, like, oh, the main character d died. All that anxiety you felt, it actually paid off. Yeah, it did. It really did, because then it's like, okay, we're passing off the torch to the new guard. And I'm trying, like, I'm still trying to be somewhat vague, uh, which I don't really know why, because it's a nine, eight, nine-year-old game. But when Lee dies and Clementine takes over. Oh, my God. Uh, Spoilers. Jesus. I'm not subscribing to the show. Jesus. Um, when that happens, you're ready to take over as Clementine. And it's so rewarding when you do. And it's sad. And, like, you get to feel these actual emotions because of the story that they built. And so that anxiety is rewarding in some ways. I, um, yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Um, I, th I think when, especially when it comes to, like, gameplay as as opposed to, like, narrative, 
I think for me, the what makes it. I'll, I'll ping pong off this comment here. Nicole Rose said she was using Hellblade as an example. You guys mentioned earlier. Um, anxiety is a good element to have in story-driven games that have mature or dark themes. Everything about uh, Hellblade was designed to put you in, in the shoes of a schizophrenic, which is why she's purposefully so harrowing to play. Um, there are other examples, but that was my favorite. Realistically, if you were actually existing in an environment presented in games like The Last of Us or Hellblade or Limbo, Outlast, etc., you'd be really stressing. Um, if the horror game, if the game gives me a panic attack, I know it's well done. Now, I will say, I will say this as far as being well done panic attacks. Like whenever I remember, my therapist was like fascinated that I enjoyed playing Resident Evil Seven in VR. She's like, "What you're seeing me for anxiety and breathing issues, but you're choosing to spend your." your um free time if what little you have inside of this device that's supposed to make you feel terror and um her her basically is pretty straightforward but for me it i feel very alive like the last of us is a good example and there's a million examples we could use but like whenever there's fear or anxiety or tension i feel very awake i feel very alive i don't feel like going skydiving it's the same type of thing like it's a thrill-seeking And also, it's in an environment where, regardless of, like, the simulated fear and the tension, in the back of your head somewhere, whether it's at the forefront of your thought or not, you know you're perfectly safe. Yes. You're safe, Morgan. Ah. Nothing's going to happen to you. I I feel... feel Why do you keep saying that? (laughs) I mostly agree with you, Rich. I feel like that's a little bit different. Like, skydiving, yes. It's relatively safe now. It's 2020. Things have developed on that but, on that spectrum, maybe not. But you you get what I mean about the thrill. Scene. Yeah, like people people have died from skydiving. Like with where Morgan is playing Resident Evil Seven in a headset. Yes, it's Much scary, more it's terrifying, but it's 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 controlled. <laughs> it's controlled. At the end of the day, that anxiety mm-hmm. is controlled. At any given point in time, he can take that headset off and say, "All right, I need a break." And that's the great thing about that. That's kind of the great thing about anxiety in some in medium like a video game. It's like okay. I've had my fill of it. I can take a break. But in real life, mm-hmm. with real anxiety, you can't turn that off. And like some some people are like, well, you got to practice mindfulness. And like, yes, that's great and all. And I completely agree with that. The more you practice mindfulness and awareness of self mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, it's great. And I agree with that. But there are times where the anxiety is just overpowering and you can't control that. And I think that's a big difference there in Morgan's example, and I, I agree with it. You can control it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're, and you're also kind of vicariously living through that experience to some degree, depending on the game. But I would say to Shay, to your point, Shay, if I this hasn't happened for me in a long time, but if my personal anxiety, because I always tell people this, I used to like when I was going to a lot of therapy and dealing with my own anxiety, I always described like all the events that are happening in your life are sort of like this cup that's just filling up with water. And I'm like the way my natural, the way I was built, my, my brain is a very small cup of water. So it's very easy for it to fill up quickly. And once it starts to run over that, what that, um, that, that water running over is just a metaphor for sort of like my thoughts, losing control of my thoughts and feeling out of control. And that's sort of how I visualize my anxiety. But like, if my anxiety is already that high, certain games that make me feel 
very anxious, I do have trouble enjoying, but it's generally from a narrative perspective because I, it makes me think terrible things. That's the weird thing. Like, never from a gameplay perspective, but I actually remember playing even The Witcher 3 when I was very anxious and, like, going to some of those really dark storylines and feeling like, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't... I. It was making my brain think about horrible things. Um, but it, I think it is very effective in that way because when that's happening, I'm like, holy shit, like, I can't even play this right now because... So there's... There's this interesting yeah. – yeah. I, I don't really get it with gameplay, though, and I that's my, my larger point I wanted to get yeah. to is because I know I'm safe. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way with gameplay, but a lot of that's because I – since we have been doing you know, podcasts about games for so long, I try to see how all the systems work. And because of that, like, gameplay ends up not being as easy of a way to like really get you invested into – kind of some of some of the realism i mean it not that it can't be done it's just that generally it's not um like and especially like i was mentioning with like the last of us like like okay let's 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 see how this ai handles this situation and poorly and generally the answer is poorly like if you start prodding at it it's it, it like in any of the illusion that they're humans instantly wears off because um, you're looking for the flaws. It's like it, if you're looking yeah. for the cracks, you're going to find them. Well, no, but I think Josh, the tension in that case is more from like for me the with the last of us, the the tension the tension comes from like uh the stress of like I'm going through a room slowly and perfectly. I've just taken everyone down. It's very difficult. I know that I'm going to have to maybe do the section over. If I mess it up, I have like a you know, it the tension comes from like from that angle as opposed to like a level of like fear toward the creature you know what i mean mm. it's more of a uh a gameplay tension because of the challenge i guess okay yeah yeah i mean like one of the things is i think really important is you don't ever want to feel overwhelmed not just with anxiety but like when you're playing a video game that feeling of being overwhelmed is nerve-wracking like left for dead was one that really played upon that. And I'm sorry I keep using zombie game references, but you guys know mm -hmm. I love zombies. Um, that when you're playing that game and you get overwhelmed, that one you feel like you're in control of to a degree. Like you can control that, that level of mass amounts of zombies rushing you. With The Last of Us, for example, or something like Resident Evil, less so uh seven because the, the not a lot of enemies actually rush at you a few of them do but anyways uh that feeling of being overwhelmed definitely heightens your anxiety and especially in like last of us 2 when you're going into a basement you're trying to be sneaky unless you're playing on a very easy difficulty which at that point you don't give a shit but you're trying to be sneaky because you don't want to alert everything in the vicinity because once you do like you are you are overwhelmed quickly because the the amount of bullets you have the amount of resources you really have to think on your on your feet you know and it's kind of the same way with something like yeah. a battle royale style game is like if you go in with like in a team game and you go try and wipe out an entire squad by yourself you're going to feel overwhelmed and you have to be able to think quick. And for some people, they like that challenge. They like that ability to think on their feet. But for other people, it's super easy to just immediately get overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I like RTSs. 
an awful lot because those are really about, you know, resource management. Well, they're, they're about playing chess, you know, via a piano. Like you have to input like a 45 button sequence to move a single piece before yep. your opponent gets their turn. Like it's, they're ridiculously complicated and they can be extremely, extremely anxiety provoking because it's, it's you, you, like, especially like especially the multiplayer where you know you're working with the exact same tool set as someone else and it's just about trying to keep your cool because if you don't that's that's like that's like most of it just keeping your cool in that situation because there's so much going on that it's 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 just going to be completely over if you you know start stressing instead of actually yeah taking your time doing what you need to do and move on um. Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting, like when you see our personalities, because we're all bringing up like horror games, and Josh brings up like an RTS, which is it's just interesting to see how our brains work. You know, like um, that how that gives him like a level of of anxiety. Um, yeah, well, everything was, gives me anxiety. <laughs> I was even well, exactly, Rich. I was even thinking about the initial comment from this uh, commenter about saying that anxiety is especially important for like games with heavier subject matter. I was even thinking like Pokemon has caused me um anxiety mm. and I'm not talking about the tournament where I got my dick smashed in. I'm actually I'm talking about the Josh, anime. That's what you were thinking. I know. Trust me, I was one step ahead of you on that one. But um no, like even thinking about like something as simple as shiny hunting. Mm. Like how how that could cause anxiety or um fighting a gym leader or searching the grass for the rare pokemon that has like a one to two percent encounter rate like even those cause a little bit of anxiety now i feel like that isn't quite level wise as comparable to something like a horror game or a battle royale game or an rts game but like that anxiety exists there but at the end of the day it's all about that level of control with anxiety that you feel like Pokemon, you never feel like you are truly overwhelmed. Like, there's never that feeling. And that's part um, of why yeah. Pokemon appeals to a wider audience, whereas something like um, an RTS is more selective in terms of audience. Well, to be fair, Shay, yeah. that's why they finally turned Pokemon into a MOBA, so you could feel that stress. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to play. I'm a Venusaur main. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got to play that. It looks bizarre. <laughs> We're all going to play uh, this, yes? It's got to be mm -hmm. tried. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. If I can play Blastoise, why not? I'll be a wanker. You know, I fuck even fighting games to some degree. Like you use the stress of like if I'm about to play someone online and like I feel my senses get heightened because I'm like, oh shit, yeah. my stress is going up. It makes me either better or worse depending on the. I've I've been stressed to the point where it like affected my performance and also stressed to the point where I felt like I was like increased. Like, um, like sometimes, you know, it's like the fight or flight thing where your, your, um, reflexes feel like you're, you feel like you're more on point. You're more aware, more focused, and that can be beneficial in competition, almost any com competition based games. I guess you could say stress or anxiety can play a role in, in the gameplay really. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you got to put your reps in when you're doing something like a competition mm -hmm. like that. Like you, you have to play many different opponents at many different times. You got to prepare yourself to be able to not necessarily control, but use that fight or flight response in your favor, especially when it comes to those anxiety ridden moments. It's super important to, you know, have 
those kind of experiences. And I think that kind of goes even back to single player games. It's like it depends on when you play a game. It depends on how much you play a game. Like when I I was actually talking about this with my father last night uh, when I went to 100 percent Super Meat Boy and I ended up. (laughs) breaking not one but two xbox 360 controllers uh because i was playing that game why what happened you know it pissed me off so much in certain parts but like in order to get good at those kind of games you really got to put your reps in whether it's out or something like celeste and you got to be able to deal with those anxiety induced moments because there are going to be moments where you flub a jump or you miss a platform and you have to be quick and exist within that pocket of anxiety to be able to react quickly enough. And if you let that anxiety overwhelm you, yeah. that's when you die. You have like a perfect run. There's nothing better than in a game when you have like a perfect run going and you're at the very end and you know it. Like some of those Super Mario Maker levels I was playing mm-hmm. and you just you could feel your your fingers trembling a little bit. You're like, I have been doing this for an yep. hour. I don't want to fuck this up right now. Yep. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like when I did that theory in the Will of the Wisp speed run a few weeks ago and i was trying to land it under four hours when i was hanging out with josh that night i like there was one stupid part that i was flubbing over and over again for like 15 20 minutes it was the the most innocuous part and i it cost me the entire speed run (laughs) because i couldn't i couldn't deal with anxiety at that moment and i was getting frustrated and um was it toward the end of your speed run no, it was like right in the middle of it. Like oh. it was okay. It was like during Bowers Reach. Like there's this one. Like it was not really that hard of a part. I just was. I flubbed the jump a few times, and I, instead of relaxing for a few seconds, I was like, "All right." Instead of decompressing, I was like, "You know, motherfucker." And like, Josh was laughing because I was just getting more progressively more and more angry. But like, yeah, you got to be able to realize those moments of anxiety in a video game. They are controlled. And at the end of the day, you can put the controller down. It's okay. Just Unless, of course, you have to beat it in four hours. You can't put the controller yeah. down. Yeah. Then at that point, you can't put the controller down. <laughs> no, take your time, man. Just go to the bathroom. Uh, Mike said, that's the name is just Mike. I don't know how he got Mike. That seems like a screen name that would be taken on Instagram. His that, handle is just Mike. You could sell that. You could sell that. That's valuable. His handle is just Mike. That's the, No, oh, I'm sorry. That's That's not true. His handle is not Mike. Wow, oh, I can't man. even trust Morgan hype. anymore. All that hype. So when you get messages now from people, it can show their name instead of their screen name, which is cool. I'm sorry. What is this, an ad for Instagram? <laughs> you <laughs> sickened me. I just had a brain fart, but like, uh, I do like the idea that someone has the Monopoly on Mike, the Instagram page for Mike, and like you said, they could sell it. They were the first Mike. Uh, sheer notion of feeling boxed in, whether it's Metal Gear, Last of Us, or even Splinter Cell. In all those games, if you start out in the middle of being surrounded and having to play that tense waiting game on where the paths may lead, I find that to make the moment uh, more anxious. I mean, I think generally speaking, if there's gameplay, it has to be something at stake. And then, although like with Resident Evil, it's just like, I don't know if I want to see what's around the corner. I mean, I do, but I don't. And there's there's a lot we've kind of been bouncing around this so many different ways like from resident evil to competitive games to playing a platformer like really it's i mean we the, the only way i wanted to narrow it down was to think about like why it's enjoyable like on a deeper scale and i think for me as i was kind of alluding to earlier it's enjoyable and compelling because i feel very alive and there are just too many games i play where even if it's a fine game where I do feel a level of boredom or like my, I'm spacing yeah. out 
And yeah, you know that's that's not I a mean, great I think, feeling. Yeah, I think I think that's why the Souls games hit as hard as they did whenever they came out is because we had gone through an era of very easy games. Um, and a lot of them are good. Games don't all need to be difficult, but they had basically become ridiculously easy as a rule. Very handholdy for the most part, unless you're really willing to like pump games up and seek out a challenge. Whereas dark souls was this unrelenting, Dark Souls, yeah. Demon Souls, Bloodborne were, were these unrelenting things, yes. and it's like, no, this is hard, and that's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think it's good that less cruise control for your mind. Yeah, I th- I think I think it's good that we have the option either way now. I don't I don't yeah I, I feel yeah. like I feel like games aren't locked into just one or the other. Totally. For a, for the longest time, they were just easy, and for a long time before that, like we'll make games harder and harder and. Like it's. Just, I think yeah. difficulty options are getting universally better across the board. Like even yeah. when you look at something like The Last of Us, and there are predetermined difficulty settings, but there's also like sliders for everything. Like you yeah. can make it Dude. easier to aim, but make the AI way smarter. Like it's super cool to have all those options. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I so, really do that's like that. So innovative. That's so innovative. And I, I hope- think it will be a standard in a few years. Hmm. I hope. I hope more yeah. games start. Not not just that, but like the experience as a whole is super customizable. Like more customizable on console than anything else, bar none. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's approaching con. Uh, it's approaching like the PC space as far yeah, as like how you there's can customize. great accessibility stuff. There's yeah. there's so much in there. So 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 I, much I, like yes. the the I mentioned before the high contrast mode, which is great if you don't have the best vision. Because uh, that the game is so dark, even with the flashlight, you can barely see anything, um, and that makes it so much easier if you have a hard time seeing. Um, like I said, I, I use it for finding collectibles after I've cleared yeah. a room. Yeah. Just because otherwise I'd be wandering around these rooms forever to try to find that stuff. Um, but it's got that it's as cool an option. That they have it's got. The option, it's got. Yeah. Um, you can slow down the combat. Um, like if you have like a you know any sort of neural or muscular thing that's going to stop you from having the twitch reactions that other yeah. people would, you can you can just slow down the game, which is something that Celeste did, which I think like it doesn't seem like a big deal, but just slow down the game a little bit. Like it, it'll let you pick how much you want to slow it down, and like that's that's really it cool. can make the wor- a world of difference for some people. Mm-hmm. Like it could for a lot of people, it could be the difference between whether they can even play the game at all or not. And so yeah. it's awesome to have it there. Yeah, yeah. I that is that is something that I will one hundred one hundred and ten percent give to to this game is just they fucking knocked the accessibility of this thing out of the park. Um, and that's 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 amazing. And like we, we've been talking about exi- about anxiety and how it can be a good thing, but it does. It not everyone wants that. And a lot of times, like we said before, like oh, it's 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 something you can get out of. It's 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 just you know the game. That's itself, not an escape. Like, like you're frustrated with the implementation of how you can play the game, not the yeah, atmosphere or the, exactly, yeah, exactly. Or, and so having yeah, the ability yeah. to actually play the game. Um, and you know, have it not be completely inaccessible to you is awesome. So I'm... yeah, that needs to be the future of gaming for sure, where you can control that difficulty, so you can control the level of anxiety that you truly feel. Like if you really want it to be ramped up, 
cool. That like there's that ability in those menus. Just spend a minute or two doing that. Or like you don't want to feel any at all. You just want to experience the story and have fun. Ramp it all the way down and customize it to where you feel comfortable at. And I think that needs to be the future of gaming. Um because even you look you look back into the eighties and nineties, even some of the seventies games, like those games were difficult because they didn't have they didn't quite have that ability to control that level of anxiety. Games were inherently difficult because that's where the technology was at the time. That's where the cult the gaming culture was at the time. Now we're at a place where we can control that. And I feel like as a culture, we're better about talking about anxiety and mental health, which is nice. Like it's, it's not like it's it, because the medium's evolved and everyone, you know, who hears about something like a huge game like this is like, well, I want to see what this is about. And it's yeah. like, even if they don't play a lot of video games, they have to be, you want to have those options. And I think, yeah. I think they, Naughty was, Dog's been good about that. They've, yeah. I'm pretty sure I, they've, I kind of mentioned this before when we we're talking about games getting, you know, just how difficulty has just gone all over the place over the last you know several decades but like for a long time there was an awful lot of just toxic bullshit you know you know like oh oh you can't beat this because you're not good enough type stuff and like i'm i'm glad to see that slowly going away look josh get good there's still an awful lot of it around like i'm I'm worried it's gonna be cycles it'll it's you know it's gonna come back around with the (laughs) the new generation but i don't believe those people are going anywhere yeah no i think they're always going to be the hardcore gamers like oh you didn't play you know on on legendary like you're you're not a true halo fan i'm like really or no or yeah well because i just had a lot of shit i had to do yeah (laughs) i look i always look at it for me and i always tell people this very simply my philosophy is someone who like literally is devoted their like almost all their free time and their like creativity to to this medium is that if i was if i really enjoy a game and respect it i always go back doing a harder difficulty eventually because i i want to feel the game out a little like shay's braver than i am he'll jump right in i'll, I'll I do that if i like the, like the mechanics of a game like i won't do that as yeah. a rule if it's just like narratively something i love but like some, well, something something where the mechanics are I. just like just perfectly tuned i'm like okay mm-hmm. i, I want to see Something where how you hard honestly... you can crank this thing up to, which is yeah, uh, where actually, you want I, a real I, challenge. Yeah, and what, I, I mentioned hard. this at the time, but that's something that I think Mario does extremely well currently, without having difficulty options, is just having certain things be significantly harder to do, and just the collectibles and stuff. Um, yeah, but having just the game itself has just this huge layer of difficulties, like. You know, like, okay, it's got this challenge that's, you know, your kid can do, and it's got this that, you know, almost no one in the world can do as as different challenges just built into the game itself. This one yes. guy named Leo in uh, in Jersey can do for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I, um. I, I personally like that one where it's, like, it feels like there's always something to challenge you without having to, like, oh, just start the whole game over again. I've I've always liked that sort of a... Um, totally difficulty, you know, just through a game. But any, anyway, that's it's personal it's, preference. Yeah. But like, I I really like that it it doesn't 
it doesn't try to make you feel like you're terrible if you're not going out and doing this ridiculously hard thing. It's like, oh no, you can still get through the game just fine. You can mm-hmm. still go and do the other things. And it, um, um, I think giving you the options is is a fun way to do that. Options in life with everything are the way to go, really. Options everywhere. With your food, your games, just give me options, statement. your movies. I know, I'm just saying. Options, gender options. I'm going to play Cyberpunk. Just give me all the genitalia yeah. I want. Just, yeah, you know? so many just, options. You get to pick between one of one vulvas on there. Two whole sets of genitals. Well, there's, there's, in Cyberpunk has two penises, a vagina, mm-hmm. and five types of pubic hair. Yeah, so, so, it, so it has just the one, just the one vulva there. That's... Well, they have uncircumcised and, re- and regular. I, I think it's I remarkable. Sure hope they don't have circumcised vulvas. Well, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here's my initial thought. Um, cyberpunk, the future of cyberpunk. We're still doing circumcision, right? I guess so. Hey, it's like it's like really it's like a minority report though. You got to find a creepy guy in a dark apartment, and he's gonna like give you like weird ice packs and mm-hmm. you know, like I like. Know, we exist yeah. in a world where I could replace my eyeballs with stereo speakers, but like we still have to unnecessarily just lop off a, a part of a kid's penis. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it is necessary for. Well, I'm not going to get into it. It's this. not necessary for anything. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to upset any of the. I don't want to get into a circus. I say it jokingly. I don't give a shit if you're circumcised or uncircumcised, but because I am circumcised, no, no, I, I ju- like to play the card just, of being pro circumcised. I just like uh-huh. so much. I just like to briefly go in and they go like, but no, that's the whole thing. It's just a thing people do because they've always done it. And people are like, well, no, it helps keep things cleaner. I'm going, so you're telling me a part of your body makes it dirtier? Like by design? Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Although a lot of my friends who were uncircumcised say most of their sensation sexually comes from their own foreskin rubbing on their, on themselves. What the fuck is going on right now? We're talking about games. What the fuck, guys? No, it ri- Rich he's, did. <laughs> he's still talking. No, don't, don't pass the buck no. here. Cyberpunk. This is cyberpunk related, Shay. Come on. We got we got a, also, a clause I, here. I, they did announce We're not even this. talking about cyberpunk. We're talking about anxiety, not what? people's foreskins. Let's get back to the topic. Look, we have fun tangents here. Fun tangents. The fun police? Jeez. Wee, 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 wee. All right. Um, what sirens are those? What do, you, what do police <laughs> sound like where you live? Wee, 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 wee. Yeah, you got to go see the cyber moil. <laughs> <laughs> His hands are big scalpels. <laughs> All right. Um, the last one, Cheesy said. Uh, by the way, Cheesy is uh, someone I was talking to the other day. They actually, one of our chompers actually has that um, that Last of Us tattoo that Ellie has, which I thought was pretty cute. I put it up. It's uh, it's the moth design. Um, and he said the facts you the facts that you can feel things kind of crumbling um, around you, losing your home, and the things you thought you had control of as it slowly consumes everything you try to do to prevent. Um, you try to stop it, but it continues to go on. The deep in chest pains, the panic, the worry of not knowing whether you'll make it. That's a very broad sort of answer. <laughs> I don't know if that's specifically related to the game or a personal thing, but thank you for that. Uh, and thank you for having that that cool tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's Speaking very cool. of, I'm going to have a, a, a link to this on Instagram this week. Uh, one of our good friends, Leslie, at Sector 7 Item Shop on Instagram, um, at Sector 7 Item Shop. She made me a, a bunch of specialty gaming masks, but I, I messaged her last week and I said, I'm doing a bunch of promotion for The Last of Us 2. I need that moth design on a mask. Can you help me out? And she did it like in a day. She said it was like the hardest like mask she's ever made by a million miles. And it looks really cool. So um, 
if you are interested potentially in this item, she's doing a limited amount, you can get in touch with her at Sector 7 Item Shop. I'm not going to put the link up on the we have this cool thing promotion wise between us where like you'd have to listen to the show to hear this otherwise i'm not gonna tell you where to get it but most people will probably figure it out <laughs> so but if you didn't figure it out thank you for checking out the show and go support her because she's awesome and uh it's a cool looking face mask i'm excited to wear it next week um because you know i'm really just trying to get the message out there right now as we are full-blown society right now but a lot of places the coronavirus is you know it's very very prevalent that you you know wear a mask wear a mask we've been working on that word for the last eight years prevalent prevalent yes pre yeah that's i said prevalent didn't i No, you said prevalent like always prevalent prevalent (laughs) oh i'm sorry fuck god damn it what is is that a word did i make that up or is that yeah no no that's just that's just you always get the L first, which makes me very gotcha. happy because it keeps happening. Clever. Consistency is important. I, I don't even know what I said yes. anymore. I just say things. Um, like, you know, like Michael Scott, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with, the, with the thing. Hey, Michael thing, Scott, I th- what you going to do? I think you have the, the, the title of this next show, Josh. Oh, no. Prelevant 2. Mm-hmm. Electric um, Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. I have two electric nice. Electric Boogaloo. Um, <laughs> i was trying to think of how i could i like my brain can't even swap the letters like it wouldn't physically it's hard it's hard to. it takes it takes way too much effort or uh prevalent Go- Gooba, this time Gooba, it's Gooba boo. Mm. this uh, no, one prevalent to this time it's personnel uh one can i uh so, i was, I was go gonna ahead, go say ahead. Just let you guys go go for it knock it up prevalent it's about Time? Would spell time T Y M E. T H Y M E. We're terrible. We're, <laughs> we can't. We can't leave anything. It's, we're 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 baritol. It's an addiction. Yes, I know. Yep. I know. Don't you love when something happens and you're inevitably like they're going to spend like five minutes on this, aren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you're like, oh, cool, imagine. I can do all the research I need to do right now while they're going off their shitty jokes. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. We need yeah, to get no, him a word a day next... calendar, and it's just prevalent for the whole year <laughs> until he's like, I'm going to get it right this time for sure on December 31st. <laughs> <laughs> he's putting like every day in his calendar. He's putting prevalent, prevalent, prevalent. So every time he wakes up, <laughs> prevalent, prevalent, prevalent. Moving on. Um. Well, I had a nice segue, but now I've totally forgotten it. So, um, you know, the company that makes segues isn't making them anymore, so you can't really get a nice segue. Damn it! How's that for a segue? It'll work. Um, I am surprised because I will say, so last week we mostly were able to talk about the prologue in, um, that's basically what it is in The Last of Us Part 2 before it, sort of the game really kicks off. And so you can go hear those first impressions if you're curious. But I, I think the thing that, I messaged you guys about this like kind of after the podcast. I was playing for a couple hours. I think that the first thing that I surprised me was that I actually really started um, enjoying playing the game compared to the first one. Um, Did you not enjoy the first one? 
I didn't really enjoy playing the first one that much. Uh, it was just sort of like a means to an end. You know what I mean? Um, it was a very linear game, a lot of linear corridors. It, w- it wasn't bad. Like, I didn't hate it. I was mostly fueled by the by the story. I felt like the gameplay was just kind of a means to an end. And um, yeah. um, a couple hours into this one, when you get into that, that first giant uh, environment in Seattle, and again, don't worry, we're going to most, we're going to avoid spoilers. Um, and so, yeah, the downtown Seattle area, like that, the downtown of- Seattle area. And it's, it almost gave me like kind of a shadow of the Colossus vibe. Cause I'm on this horse, um, and with my companion and I'm looking around and there's not like people everywhere. Like in a lot of open world games, it's just this giant overgrown area. Um, and, but when it, but if you explore it, there's like all these little clues to like explore and go in the buildings. And then there's, you know, the buildings themselves have infected and creatures and, and, and stories to tell. Yes. Yes. Stories to tell. Which That's some and, of my favorite writing in this game on. And I think I mentioned this last week is like reading those notes and kind of, uh, seeing, uh, basically kind of learning what went down there during the early days of the infection and like what happened to these people. And maybe there was a settlement here at one point afterwards where shit went bad. Like, I think that's some of the most interesting storytelling in this game. Yeah. It's not like, it's not overwhelming. I'm sorry, Morgan. Don't mean to hijack. You're fine. You're talking about. Um, I think it's really compelling. Like usually, and I've talked about this in the past. I'm not really interested in reading all the supplementary material like with doom eternal i didn't really want to read all the stuff that you pick up i didn't really care but with this game i actually kind of makes sense (laughs) it does but there's about as much text as war and peace in those collectibles and doom eternal (laughs) right exactly it's just it's overwhelming like all the shit that you have to read but with this game it doesn't really overwhelm you and it gives you more layers and context to the story like like most games when they try and do that but you don't feel ne- like it's necessary and it's really cool that you have all these little subplots going on through the text um and they're they're they feel like they are self-contained in a great way in totally. that when you when you read them it's it's like a, a very short story where it starts and then it finishes by the time you read that document. Or you'll go into a building and you'll find like three notes or four notes. And it's like a series of notes that were passed back and forth. And then you feel like, okay, I just got this whole story. And it was actually really interesting. And it gives you more context as to what has happened elsewhere. Yeah, just world building stuff. Yeah. yeah, and it's great. I, I've really enjoyed it. It's been nice. Um, I think it's been handled really well. It's taken me a long time as I read those notes to be like, okay, no zombies are going to sneak up behind me. No human enemies are going to sneak up behind me. Okay, I can read this safely. Like, because every time for like the first few hours I would read one of those notes, like I got this just panic, like something's going to fucking sneak up on me in the middle of me reading this note. But thankfully it's, it's, like, it's been good. But yeah, it's absolutely rich. I agree with you. Well, and that's what I Morgan think. T- Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, that's what I think is like the strongest bit about them of you saying like how they feel like self-contained stories to the area you're in, where it'll be like to kind of what you were saying, where it's like it might be a series of three notes where it's like, oh, you pick up the first note and it tells you kind of gives you an overlay of what's going on. And then it'll be like, oh, uh, we might be able to find something in the in the coffee store. I hid the key to the coffee store here. And then you go find the key and you get into the coffee store and there's another note. And Oh, and also like the some of this. 
my, some of my favorite safes in a video game ever because you just you just basically look around the environment for like these very simple uh, aesthetic clues to open those safes that are those are kind of fun. That first one uh, is so good, and I I'm very happy when I uh, when I realized I had done it when I popped off that every safe uh, trophy on my first playthrough. I was like, fuck yeah! <laughs> it was like one of those times where I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna try and get every safe, but I'm not gonna use a guide. Right. Yeah. The one that got me was, yeah. well, and we can't get into spoilers yet, but sorry. Keep yeah, not, no spoilers yet. What I wanted to say to your previous point, Morgan, is I kind of agree with you. The, the combat in the first game felt really clunky, and it was not super enjoyable. But the, the slight improvements that they've made and some of the major ones that they made in this game makes the combat feel a lot more fluid comparatively, and I've really enjoyed it a lot more. I really actually enjoy those sequences where you have four or five enemies in an area and you have to get through it whereas the first game i always was like man i don't want to do this but now i feel like man i'm actually really excited i'm looking forward to yeah. it <clears throat> and even yeah, when shit the, hits the fan it can feel good like the action you, is way more of the focus in this one like you're you are just way more powerful even even the new threatening enemies don't take a lot of hits. They're not really bullet spongy, which which I like. They're th- more threatening. They're they're enemies you you still feel scared of when you see them, but you still feel more than strong enough to kill absolutely anything. With the exception uh, in the bullet spongy uh, scenario, I'd say with the exception of like bloaters, but they're very few and far between. In this yeah, but th- those are still those are from the first game, and they're about as bullet spongy as they originally were. Which is yeah. that, that was their whole yeah. point. They're, they're armory. Like they've just had years of this thick layer of fungus growing around their entire yeah. body. Yeah, so you're they literally don't, they watching don't have, chunks of it. Yeah, they don't have off. new enemies that are just going to take a ton of hits, which I liked. Like, the enemies, those sh- shamblers, those? Yeah, the sham- they have that AOE, but they go down quick. Yeah, they go down quick. Those are easy to kill. Um, I love that you can... Yeah, there's... I've One of the things about exploring sort of the... Trying to get into the nuance of of whatever the combat system that they built, I... I I noticed it started for me with the environments because the the first game was a lot of more linear corridors. And I think when I started wanting to explore the combat more in this game, there was um, I was getting into these scenarios around these really giant. I was looking around and like I was having these these scenarios like multi floor yeah. buildings or like giant sweeping areas. With the arenas are huge compared to the first game. Yeah. They're gigantic, and they 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 stay huge throughout the game, mm-hmm. which surprised me to the point where um, you can lose enemies during an encounter, which was totally not a thing that could happen in the yeah, first game. Yeah, yeah, like, like, you could kill like three guys, and then all of a sudden they'll be like, "Where'd she go?" Yeah. Uh, speak, speaking of which, that's another AI issue, which you can hide behind the one box they're looking at. Obviously, no place for you to go. And they'll forget you're there if you just stay behind it long enough, which is t- still, <laughs> every time that happens, I, I'm I, just like, come on, like they should have a case, a case, if, if they like, see you, it's the only you damn hide. box for like, no, they're not going to forget you lo- you're behind If you it, lose so. their line of sight for a second, you can totally, Ye- yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I like that sort of gaminess to it, like, yeah. it's, I think you it's want needed. it to be a, a gamey enough, you know? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually don't mind that. I like that you can exploit the obvious ai to to do the stealth well i like that for a gameplay reason uh i don't like it for them trying to pretend that you're killing a bunch of humans and you should feel guilty about it because they're they're so clearly not humans um and so whenever they try to pull that like 
Oh no, they killed Steve. I'm, I'm like, eh, did I? I did I, I kill I, Steve? For me, Dude, the first time I killed like, a I, dog, I was like, really? Did yep, not. Yep, they're exactly. never gonna pull that exactly. shit with me. Dogs are yeah, always the most. They're the most annoying enemy types in all video games. You feel good killing a dog in a game because that motherfucker that sound is out. going to be <laughs> the most annoying piece of shit otherwise. And they Spider are, especially in this one, because they can smell you. He's a cat you. person, guys. Come on. And they will just relentlessly <laughs> oh, You can see their smell down. sight, too, which is crazy, yeah. Um, I mean, w- without like getting spoilery, I feel like there are moments later on where they really try and drive home that, and I think... Those are the most irally parts of the narrative for me, where I feel like somebody's grabbed me by the skull and shouted, "Feel something." Yeah, it's I. Well, I, apparently they hadn't seen the memes, but the whole enemies all having a different name, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Steve is hilarious because I oh I can't God, see Mark. that without thinking about Shadow the Hedgehog and how on every single le- there, there's only the one name. It's they got Bob. Yeah. <laughs> From the beginning Everybody of the game, I don't know. They I, got Bob. To me, it's been a little bit more immersive when they do that, but like, I don't necessarily feel any kind of empathy or sympathy for killing those people because, in my mind, they're still they're still psychos. You know, at the end of the day, uh, and that's just because of uh, the it viewpoint makes the narrative of work, we're but... experiencing this. Mm. Yeah, through Ellie, but. With the dogs, that's a different story, dude. And, like, at first I was like, yo, fuck these dogs. I don't care. I'll, like, I'll kill them. But then there's a point where I got the bow and arrow and I shot the dog handler. And the dog started whining and crying, like, just sitting there by its master, waiting for its master to get up. And I was like, all right. Classic on. mistake. You killed the dog first, Shay. Yeah. Yeah, you always kill the dog first. That's so sad. You kill the guy in the... D- Dude, that's fucked up. But, but I mean, look, it's not... No one's saying it's perfect, but the idea is that they're going for, like, a level of, like, uh, yeah. immersion within those groups. I'm yeah, not saying like, I'm, like... I, it doesn't work in a game where you basically have to kill all these things. Like, it's it's the I same sort of thing though, as, like, the... I appreciate making the world feel, like... Because, again, in, in a world like this, the people, granted, as you learn, like, there's a lot of people, but, like, having unique banter for basically every enemy encounter, I think, is a really smart yeah. thing. Because yeah, it, it makes like that. everything feel less AI-y. Like, going through the entire game, and I'm even, like, an hour or two into New Game Plus at this point, um, I don't think I've really heard, like, banter that isn't purely scripted banter for the sake of the story be repeated. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it's really cool. And one of the things I think inherently it's going to depend on how you play the game as well. Like being on hard, I'm spending a lot more time trying to be sneaky because I'm trying to conserve my bullets. So I like and this may sound ridiculous to you guys. I may spend up to 30 minutes in one arena because I'm trying like I'm doing trial and error. I'm trying to figure out the best way to get through this mm. with the least amount of health loss, with the least amount of bullets. So I'm hearing all these people talk like, hey, Mark, you see anything over there? Sorry, I'm saying Mark again. Hey, Mark, you see anything <laughs> over there? No, Janet, I don't see anything. Swing around back. And like all these conversations oh, hi, are Mark. happening. Yeah, exactly. And um, they all these Carrie. conversations are. <laughs> well, there's and I think that's what makes the the big thing that happens in the middle of the game that we can't talk about. That's so not the middle of the game. Uh, well, you're about 2% jo- into that game. 
No, no, no. Well, I'm talking about the, oh, okay. the, the yeah, the sort of the perspective on yeah on this on the factions. Okay, but, yeah, no, um, no, no, no. Now, every, now I understand what the you mean. the post. You know, I understand what you're everything saying. that couldn't be in a review. That yeah, this part. is yes, the middle. Yeah. This is three games. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, it's three games. <laughs> yeah. That, I actually have a joke post I want to make next week where it's going to be like, I want to get like an old PlayStation 1 case and I want to do the double disc thing where disc. Well, shit. Okay. Uh, oh, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. So I almost walked myself into a really deep hole there. Um, but I was going to say this. The first thing that happened to me was um, I was crouching prone. I remember I was going to try to work prone into this, right? Um, you crouching or prone? Crouching prone. prone. Sorry, you're so, right. So you were crouching I, or were you prone? It was, pick one. Yeah. I was crouching and then I went prone. There you go. I was crouching around. Go. I dropped prone. I was shimming under this building. And the first sort of like moments I was having of sort of a interesting, I, I, first of all, you can shoot from prone, which is, is pretty, is pretty cool. I, I, being an idiot, I, these two people are coming at me. I stuck I, my, yeah. um, I aimed up at one of them while I was in prone under this, this, uh, it was either a vehicle or like a, a, a structure. I shot the one, boom, in the head. But their friend came around the corner that I didn't see. They pulled me out from oh, under, I which I didn't know they, they do could that. do. Mm-hmm. They just yanked me out like, motherfucker, get out of here. And, yeah. of course, um, I did the the quick, um, the new quick dodge thing where, like, you know, like you, you, it's like a timing thing, like a parry system where you can dance around and then, you know, attack them. And... And then I immediately it just brutalized the the person next. And it was this frenzy of of an, an encounter that lasted probably fifteen seconds. But it was like I, I was like, damn. That's when I think the combat's at its best. And then like you said, with like shooting from prone, they do some really great moments where like if somebody like gets a heavy hit on on you, you get knocked not just like down but on your back, and you can shoot from that position and try and mm-hmm. like re- uh, regain leverage. And, yeah. and what you said, the first time that happened to me, I love that when I was like hiding under something and they noticed me and somebody just grabbed my ankle and like ripped me out from underneath, <laughs> like, uh, from underneath a car. And I was like, okay, like that's smart AI tactical stuff. Yeah. Like I really like that. There are a few situations with the shooting that I just, I feel like the character itself needs to have a couple other like AI states as far as like, you mentioned shooting from prone. Yeah, you can shoot from prone. You'll stay hidden. If you're crouched in some grass or something, you'll still stand up if you want to shoot someone, which is which is weird. Really annoying. It's really annoying because you can go completely prone and then you can't see through the fucking grass or you can stand up and everyone will see you. And it's like... I, I, you can't shoot crouched? You can, but it makes you stand up just like if you were crouched behind cover. Once you get the shot out, you base like you're oh, you're visible you now. Yeah, lurch and it's, a little it, bit. Like I it's see. it's dumb. Like why why do they make you stand up more if you're crouched? Like I get. I think I, you should actually. They, sit they should down have had another state like crouched, but not right behind a wall. You think it's because it's not like a traditional cover shooter? Because like the first yeah, thing that's no, that's what it is. It's the same is... animation. They only have the one animation. They're like, oh, you're behind cover. The only and, new and animations it's... they added were the prone animations. Yeah, and that's that's an issue for a if you're in if you're crouched in grass, and b if you're trying to crouch behind a window but you're on the second floor, you don't actually stand up enough to shoot down to the street if you're like trying to shoot through a window on a second floor. You'd have to get a different angle. Yeah. Not just, you have to stand Probably. up completely because you mm-hmm. will not get enough of an well, angle trying to I shoot from crouch. I think the idea is that they, like, they, they want to expose you for a little while. Well, but they didn't expose like... you at all. Like, they should have some sort of 
state like, oh, he's trying to look down a little bit more. Let's make them stand up a little bit more so you can shoot out of this window. And it, it like it, they needed more than just the one state for the crouch shooting. And that's that has bugged the fuck out of me several times going through the game where it's just like hmm, it's this interesting. It's it's been done in games for forever. Like, oh, you're trying to shoot a little bit farther. Let's make you stand up a little bit more so you can shoot over this or ledge. Kind of like you're shooting out a window or something like lean over the window a little bit to get that that shot. You yeah, want. like other games have done it. And it's it's weird that there's only the one crouched shooting well, position. I, it's, I think it's, it's, it's really not a, weird. I think I think it's just because it's not a pure shooter per se. Like I'm not yeah. saying that alleviates if, it, if you're frustrated by it, I completely get that. I think it's just because it's more of a, a combination thing. I was jokingly dubbing it the. The, yeah, fuck, it, it works better as a stealth game T-T-T. than a shooting game. Absolutely. So, well, yeah, it's, I think it, well, I think it's the mixture of everything. Like you stealth as long as you can. And then, and I'll definitely pick people off with, with a silencer or from prone or whatever. But if shit goes down, you respond mm-hmm. and, and they, they do a lot of little things to kind of help you with that. Like the one small thing that's nice is like, you can throw bombs and, and bricks at things instantaneously, which is cool. Like in, in particular the bombs, I don't know if you guys have gotten those yet, Yeah. but um, they will actually stop the enemy in their tracks. So like if they're running at you and you throw a bomb and it hits them in the face they'll actually stop and like like stutter like Ugh. and then the bomb falls Detonates, right by their yeah. feet well my yeah. favorite yeah. is actually the uh like not even just the people like the animation the infected do when you lob a pipe bomb at them because they just kind of like lumber and they're like uh, and then just explosion mm-hmm. yeah 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 I'd, I'd there's, enough, a, there's like yeah i i i was talking about how i i don't want to see prone in games because it generally just slows things down unnecessarily i feel like this is one of the better implementations of it i've seen i i think prone works better than the crouching in this game actually as far as like knowing the for combat scenarios i definitely used it a lot more often especially because like what morgan was talking about i found a lot of good times where like i could hide underneath like a car or like a Mm. cargo container or something and like with a silencer equipped get a few guys off and they're like they don't know where the hell to look for me you know the e3 segment that you know the the E3 combat segments that you get to yes. you're you're almost there Shay but the the one they showed off there the one in the forest with like yes. near that yes. that parking deck um yeah, that cool I actually loved sniping okay. going prone because since there's cover everywhere you can just crawl around in the grass you could use an unsilenced sniper rifle and they can't find you, yeah. Take off somebody's head and then crawl around, like, way the fuck away. They'll come try to find you where the sound came from, take out another person, and crawl around some more. Just, like, shoot and move. And, like, I, it actually felt like how sniping actually works in that sort of situation. And it was... Because regardless of the sound, you don't really know where they're at. Yeah, because there's, there's just so much cover that it doesn't matter. So much grass. Yeah, so, so much fucking grass. I will tell grass. you... Um, one thing that feels ridiculously overpowered, uh, even though the difficulties rebalance with me going into New Game Plus, um, near the very tail end of the game, you get a weapon that has an actual silencer, as in a silencer that does not Just break. period. Yeah. And I feel like a goddamn oh, wow, powerhouse nice. with it. Mm-hmm. Well, see, but see, if you're, that that's but see, the idea of going through a new game plus on a hard difficulty with that sounds fun because the odds are stacked against you, so you're stacking the odds back in your favor. Well, I, yeah, I always kind of like. I, I do like, and I think Morgan, you and I talked about this a little bit privately. Um, something to note about the new game plus that I've just gotten into, uh, which I think is a really smart decision, is when you go into new game plus you're going in with all your weapons and upgrades and stuff like that, because it's actually impossible in one playthrough to get all the weapon upgrades and all the ability upgrades. 
Um, I yeah. looked it up and they it did it tells in the first you, like, game too. Yeah, it's not possible. Okay. You can't get um, all the upgrades until you go through New Game Plus. So they so you they start you with all the weapons, but the the difficulty modes you have all the options, but it's like normal plus, hard plus. Like they're rebalancing. Uh, still tuned up. Yeah, they're here. they're rebalanced cool. to account for the fact that you're going into it with all the weapons from the start. I like that. Interesting. I like that they actually yeah. took that into account. That's that's pretty cool. It's for me. This is like this is this sort of game is a little bit of a dream come true because I'm not great at stealth games, but I like them. I like to try. But with for me, it always breaks down after like three or four guys. Something stupid happens, right? So I like the idea that the game is sort of built around shit going wrong, and then um, yeah. and that for me is helpful because yeah. as a I I love stealth games, but I suck at them. <laughs> so when shit goes wrong, I'm just like, well, fuck, I'm well, prepared. That's what's know? awesome about this game is when this shit is, goes uh, wrong, you don't feel punished like you're like this is bad but you can get out of it yeah this is the easiest game i have ever played to get back into stealth after after you've been spotted just absolutely like, run it, away from it and it takes you five it. seconds yeah. to get back into stealth as long as you're you know trying to keep line of sight broken and everything just mm -hmm. toss a molotov and dive bomb into the grass yeah like it's it's yeah. like a lot of other games oh no i've been spotted it's going to be two minutes before they're out of their searching patterns and I can actually get stealth kills again. No. Like, as soon as they say, where did they go? Stealth kills mm -hmm. are open back up. You can sneak up behind somebody and, and instantly kill them. Like, it's, it takes no time at all. And I really appreciate that because, like we mentioned before, the, the environments are so much more open. There's just so much going on that... And they feel built in like I was just going through this building without getting a spoilers that had all these like it was like it was two buildings that were crumbling and they were like next to each other um, and they were filled with this enemy type. And like they had all these like weird ramps leading into one another and like little tiny slits in, in the walls that you could slip through. And yeah. it felt like they really built it to have you as the player. Like every time I die in the game, I try something different and mm. I've generally found that to be fulfilling i mean most I, of the time i agree i use the trip mines more than i have in almost any game that gives you some sort of trip mine thing because yeah. even like you're saying when you can slip away i'm like okay so here's this crack here i know there's three of them through there so i'm gonna put this trip mine here and then i'm gonna throw a bottle at the crack and they're gonna start crawling through like yeah no i've i've set up a lot of mines in doorways and then used an extremely loud weapon to kill somebody on the other side. I'm like, come and come get me. Yeah, and now you go, the three guys behind him now are going to... Yeah. There's actually something really satisfying <laughs> of when you use it on uh, non-infected enemies, and you're just wandering around, you hear an explosion, and then somebody's like, Craig! <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> see, see. As a, as a leg lands next to me. The names are just... <laughs> they're fucking hilarious. They have the opposite effect of what they were trying to get across... Because again, it's so much fun to kill the enemies in this game. Like it really uh, is. They want yeah, us to no, feel sad. Josh, but it was Josh. amazingly fun to kill Craig. Like fuck, Craig well, had it coming. When you, when you use a mine specifically, I was doing a segment last night where I was in this <clears throat> right outside this building, and there were a bunch of enemies inside the, this little arena, and uh, I put a, a mine out right outside of this little broken down entryway and then i threw a bottle to make them walk towards the mine and then you just see them ragdoll blown to bits and then you hear them <laughs> they're, shout they're the names, and rip then off you're like oh my yeah. god this is so rewarding janet 
<laughs> there I, goes James. I threw last night. I threw a pipe bomb under a guy, and I'm not even kidding you. All of his limbs blew off. All of them. Every single limb went flying. Mm-hmm. Their heads blow. Like it sounds like we're just being gross, twelve year old kids. But like, um, I'm glad that. So they what? Really... We are. Who cares? Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just Why saying. Like, oddly enough, that is the least violent thing in the game because it's just yeah. complete. It's pure slapstick. Like compared to playing the game properly and getting all stealth kills, like that is the most. Uh, you I, don't like I, I, I mentioned this before when you were trying arms? to pretend this was an emotional game. It's torture porn, is what it is. Like they'll, oh, they will it spend as times. much time and effort as possible. To give you a different gurgling sound as the blood spurts out of all the new holes you've given them in their neck. I think one of the worst mo- one of the worst moments in the torture porn vibe is actually something they used for that E3 trailer, um, the segment where they break that girl's arm with a hammer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but I mean, hmm. I mean yeah, that's I'd... part of that's part of why Fallout was so well loved is like when you would kill someone and they're body parts would go flying and then yeah you could you know it's 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 slapstick is exactly it is like it it, is, that like yeah like so the gameplay the bits are, are really over the top and slapstick <laughs> but like it's just like they yeah I, like anytime they I, slow I, down and like focus on it it's just like why 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 are you holding the the shot this long on this guy bleeding out yeah like I, I, I don't necessarily feel like it's. I think I'm in the middle. I don't feel like it's slapstick. I'm not saying I was like crying when Craig got blown up, but I didn't necessarily. Craig was slap, an asshole. Slap, yeah. slapstick, but I just got Look. more of like they until hmm, that's the interesting thing about the twist that does happen in relation to those things. Not necessarily that it's like gonna completely shatter your world, but it's gonna make you think about things in an interesting way. But I will um I will say this, uh, in regards to all the little gameplay things we discussed. They also do some stuff in regards to destroying your safety. Like we can say this without spoilers because Shay got to this part last night, I believe. You finished the entire flashback you did last night, right Shay? No, I, I was just remember. talking about this. I was just talking about not spoiling this because I don't think Shay's gotten there. Based off of okay. what he I just told us, I don't think I don't think I finished the flashback. I think yeah, I was so in he's the not middle there. of it. And it's then right I after this part. Okay. I was yeah. falling asleep. Um, yeah, I mentioned that in chat. I don't think you were reading chat, but yeah, I was. I was thinking about talking about this as well with the main topic, but yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it for Shay since I know Shay is spoiler sensitive. But they will they will do some things with areas where you'll walk into it and it's kind of a little bit of a combat puzzle. You're like they don't actually want you to to shoot anyone there, or they want mm-hmm. you to run through this area. Or like me and Rich were talking about this, there was a surprise boss fight that blew my mind last night. Like there was a there was weird stuff that ha- I am I, so for reference for our listeners without spoilers, I am twenty hours in. All I think I messaged you this uh, when we were talking about that that boss fight. Uh... More, and I, I'm wondering if Josh might be able to uh, kind of, like, agree with this. This was the initial thought I had while I was playing that segment, and I messaged it to you. This is the most, like, Resident Evil this game has ever felt. Which I wondered, like, I think we would love, but I don't know if that would be Josh's cup of tea, per se. Like, that's not how- a, a knock for me. I'm just saying, in contrast to what the first game yeah. was and what other parts of the game are, it's weird it's very, when you think yeah. about it. Yeah. Cool weird, though, for me, but weird. <laughs> for sure. Like, and there's lore yeah. stuff that there's so many, this is a tough thing to talk about. And we have a special, 
Um, yeah, well, yeah. I should be able to reveal this next week. We have a special um, spoiler stuff coming out soon that we'll talk about in future weeks. So we can't get into what are you this talking stuff about? now. Nobody told me about this. <laughs> we will have an avenue to talk about all this. Me and Rich were like literally talking about this for like an hour the other day because there's all these weird things to talk about um, about this game. I, from a story perspective, it is, it is, man. People are losing their shit about some of the decisions that they've made. I, Neil, Dr- I thought Neil Druckmann was just blowing hyperbole out there to to uh, sound was. like some sort yes. of savant yeah. in Wired magazine, but. The the thing that he wanted to achieve, it seems like he is achieving. Yeah, and he did it better. alone. Nobody else worked on this. Mm-hmm. No, I, well, that's that's another thing. To be honest with you, like, yes, there is. But I mean, if if his if he was necess- like maybe the visionary behind, I wonder how that works. Like, if he was the from listening to Druckmann is hyperbole uh, the human. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of these um, podcasts from uh, called Play Watch Listen from uh, Alana Pierce, Troy Baker, Austin Wintery. Um, Greg Bithel, or is it Mike Bithel? I can't it's remember. Mike Bithel. Mike Bithel. And basically, it's she put together this podcast. It's like what we do, but basically, instead of a, a bunch of yeah, a bunch of jabronis, it's literally the guy, the composer of Abzu and Journey, Troy fucking Baker, uh, Mike Bithel, who's or Bithel, who's just made a bunch of you know independent games like like Thomas is Alone, which I've never heard of, but I'm sure Josh has. Um, you never heard of Thomas was Alone? I never heard of Thomas was Alone. Really? I'm sorry. We got to get some the of podcast. the best writing, probably. Some of the best rating in game gaming. Josh, you're you're the really? new host. I've never, I'm sorry, I've never heard of it either. Let you go. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, we'll have to talk yeah, about so that at some point. It's yeah, it's you should, you should both Thank play you. that game. You should. Yes, you absolutely absolutely should both play that game. Um, but I just and I've been like trying to get my perspective to broaden on like a lot of these behind the scenes things. Like with directors, for example, they do have a lot of creative focus, but in a lot of ways, they are their goal is to just get the best out of everyone involved with them. And a lot of times, you know. For better or worse, it's it's like the quarterback on on a team. Like they get all the credit, they get all the the blame, but there's that so many other people involved. It's not just Tom Brady throwing to himself to win every Super Bowl. You know, it's like, and and people know this. I'm not. But in 30 years, through cloning, maybe it could be. Yeah. <laughs> the whole team of Tom Brady. Well, he doesn't he he doesn't age, so he doesn't. Ladies need and gentlemen, from Boston, the Tom Brady's. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing, nothing but Tom Brady's. Um, throwing to different Tom Brady's at different points turn in their life, right, different ages. Bring them water. <laughs> Mike there's, Brady, yeah. there's a whole team of like, there's two separate teams, so the Mannings can play each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, what I was getting at though is I, I've tried to be like one of the things I really enjoy about these sort of like big you know, centerpiece style games that get crazy reviews or whatever is like just the, the work that goes into them. I'm like playing this game and I'm just like looking at the environments and, and the motion capture and, and all the voice acting. I'm just like, it just, it seems like such a staggering amount of work and effort that goes into it. It's just like, God damn, God fucking damn. It's, it is a piece of work. Yes, it is a piece of work. Uh, for what are you, are you trying to, what are you implying, Josh? Are you trying to say something? <laughs> are you trying to say oh, something I'm just else? saying. He would never do that on this podcast. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Um, let's see. So I'm trying to avoid all this, the story stuff we can talk about here. <sighs> um, one, one really important thing to note um, about the combat is if you want to hide an enemy, that way like they're not out in the open. You And this is a tip for all of you uh, gamers looking to get good out there. You lay prone and then you crawl into the enemy, 
and then you shuffle their dead body across the ground, and you can hide their body that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still don't you know why you it. can't move their bodies. Because it would well, be inappropriate. No, the idea is that they when you like take them like if for for example when you reach up behind them take them um in whatever that like a chokehold you they want you to drag it to a safe place before you kill them. You can only move for like three seconds. Yeah, you've got like them. Mm, I've moved a pretty good. I'm pretty good a ways. You get but an yeah, upgrade and, that stops them from actually. You can you can you can set it. There, that's one of the difficulty sliders. You can have it so they can't break out once you grab them. Yeah, I don't really. Uh, I mean, I mean, also, Ellie dragging. She's a tiny girl. I'd say you're taking like 20 minutes to drag that body around. You know. Oh, I forgot. You're only in this for the realism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. No, you can't do that. But again, if you really want to move a body around, you've got to do it realistically by crawling directly into their torso yep. to kind of wiggle them yep. back to where you want them to be. Or you could play. Uh, <laughs> do you guys you do that? I was having so much fun doing that on stream last week. That was one of the funniest <laughs> things in the world. Or you guys can play. Man. You yeah. guys can play like I, me, I where I don't move the bodies. Don't need to. I don't either. Find yeah, them. I don't either. Well, it's, oh, that's fu- that's fine. Yeah. That's fine, Rich. But like, it's a lot more entertaining if you do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I got, you know what's also equally entertaining, Shay, and I'll throw this out there for you. Instead of moving the bodies, I encourage them to be found by strapping. Yeah, explosives that way to you them. get to hear whatever their name was before you killed them. Yeah. If and they don't find the body, by, no one will yell for them. And, and then followed by an explosion when you also put a mine next to it. Oh, nice, smart, very smart. Um, yeah, the one the guy I killed last night, he was like, Rich. Rich. I was like, "Oh my god, too close to her." Mm-hmm. So I don't. Please turn in, in your in character serious, sheet. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, I don't really know what there is to discuss at this point because uh, only one of us has finished the game entirely. And fucker, I want I want us to I want us all to get to the point to where we're not discussing necessarily the story, but we're discussing the controversy and is it justified? And I think. That's next week's discussion. Yeah, fuck the no, those fuck those people. It's absolutely not justified. The people are fucking crazy. Oh my god! All right, that's all. That's my hot yeah. Time. I don't think it's justified. I'm gonna do it in a much basically way. anyone who's <laughs> freaking out about any sort of like any of the social issues is come on, come on. It's not uh, a good story though. So uh, what? Yeah, it's about the most straightforward, obvious. Oh, hey guys, oh. revenge is bad. We're gonna spend yeah, forty hey, hours hey, convincing hey, you hey. that revenge is bad. It's in um, every possible way. It's not a revenge story. That's just it's one hundred percent a revenge story. What the That's fuck just, do you think you're in Seattle are you for? Twenty hours into it, and you don't think it's a revenge it, story to see the Space Needle. The revenge kicks the plot no, in motion. No, it's, the it's, revenge it's, is that's everything. That's the whole plot. That's the entire... It, it clicks the plot into motion four fucking Rich, times. You're going to tell me after I, we... Ha- I thought you were... I thought you were killing all those people because you were just trying to make it to the Space Needle. I that's really 100% true. That would be a better story. You, and by the end, you finally get there. You Spoilers. have to be being a little hyperbolic, Josh. You can't... No, the no, storytelling no, 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 is no, 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 so no, no, incredible. Well, no, hold on. Hold on, Morgan. No, um, <laughs> the the story itself, like the straightforward. This is what the story is. I agree with Josh. Is nothing to write home about. Some of the smaller stories told it around yeah. it are much stronger, and yeah. a lot of what lands in the main story hinges on character performance. 
And there are some yeah, exceptional absolutely. performances in like this. Like a lot of the a lot of like the flashbacks, like giving you more reason to care about the dumb revenge story is and giving you more context about it is excellent. Like the the visit to the museum, probably the best section in the game I, as far as storytelling goes. Just, also, the uh, the character people are really mad about when you mentioned the social issues thing, mm-hmm. Josh. Probably one of my favorite characters in this game. Mm. Yeah, like they they do a really good job with a lot of that, and then a lot of it is just dumb, over the top, just like let's make let's hit this nail as squarely on the head as we possibly can because we don't want anybody to miss it. Which is again like what I've been saying with the whole. All the enemies have a name. They're trying to make it as obvious as possible in as many ways as possible that, oh no, revenge has made you lose sight of your humanity. How horrible is it that you're going down? Like, it's, it is obvious from like an That's hour not, into the game like once the story has enough. moved on. That that's it's not what it's really about. It's, no, yes, one hundred percent what it's about. Have you, yes, once it you, is. Have you hit the mid? It's it's a it's a different revenge story at that point, but it's still a revenge story. I just feel like if you just boiling it down to it's a revenge story is a really it's a really it's noticing that it's a revenge story. Is what quantify. kind of story do you no. think it is if it's not a revenge story? It's. It's a story. It's a, first of all, but I can't say it because I can't get in the spoilers. You can't say but it because there's no answer. It's I, to me. I think it's <laughs> no. I honestly, I think it shows the consequences of revenge because there are no good or bad people in this game. I think uh, it shows like how yeah, humans but- would respond to. Um, and what they'd be willing to do for people that they care about in these sort of circumstances, but I, I don't well, look that, at it as a first game was about. You guys are saying the same thing. Yeah. I well, this because I can't. Da- I I have to dance around. No, no, I, I get I what you're saying, say... but it's still it's about revenge. But that that's that's so silly, Rich. That's like saying, I feel like that's such a derogatory thing. Like, okay, Spider-Man's about a superhero. Like, you know, it's it is. That's true. I'm just saying, if you boil the the uh, first Last the of most, Us, it's a zombie like, apocalypse other, other game. Than you know, the, you know, Superman, the most it's about being a superhero movie is the first Spider-Man. Like, that's, no, but that's what, the whole point, is figuring that, out what that even means. We're well, coming after lar- you, Sam oddly, Raimi. Oddly enough, you hit the nail right on the head there. You know, like, that's, that's actually what the first Spider-Man movie is about. My larger yeah. point is exactly the first game. It was just, if you, what if you were just like, oh, this is just a generic um post-apocalyptic zombie game and then but it that's not i don't think that's doing the the narrative justice it's not that's just even if you believed it is a revenge plot that's just sort of the a b to c that's not all that storytelling is so to say it's a uh, bad story that's like offensive there are are i don't think it's revenge story after revenge story in this game like it's 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 not just a revenge story there are multiple revenge stories going on in it to the point where not realizing it's a revenge story is baffling to uh, me. It's also a love story. The inciting Multiple incident is a revenge story. Uh, the whole game the itself is a revenge story. They didn't yes, even but... mention the love story part of it, which is huge. It's not no, huge it... at all. In fact, it's probably <sighs> like the biggest backseat. I can't, I can't agree with you guys there. Like, it's more than just about revenge. And if you're going to boil it down to just that, then you're not trying to actually experience the game. Now, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of the love story. I will admit that. Um, I've 
come around to it a little bit more. It's not my favorite thing. But a big part of this story is the coming of age of Ellie. And to ignore that, like, granted, the revenge might be a vessel for... The flashbacks hit that, but that's not the story proper. Bullshit. Bullshit. That's absolutely bullshit. coming of age is there once the the main line... Granted, there's a lot of flashback in this game. So, yes, the flashbacks are about her growing up. But, like, again, those are giving context to the story. No, but Shay's larger point is right. It's a love story. It's a coming-of-age story. It's bits of a revenge story. It's a bunch of different stories. It's just showing you different people responding and living in this world and how they're dealing with it as human beings. If you want to narrow it down to it's a revenge story, I feel like that is a very sad way to look. No, it's not. It's the way you do look at it. I mean, think about, again, the first game, as far as a framing device goes, you start off losing your daughter and then the whole rest of the game is about how you come to terms with that about what you're going to do with this surrogate daughter you now have and how and like everything is framed in terms of that this game is literally the same thing but it's you framed lose about- your father father figure and it's about how you're coming to terms with that and the answer is revenge well, yeah, it's Period. about no, revenge it's through about the game. It's no. about it's about revenge no. and dealing with loss and a failure to deal with loss. I think Morgan, you almost have it backwards when you said it's like it's bits of revenge and then these other things. No, it's revenge and then bits of those other things. Yeah, and all those other things well, eventually get sabotaged by the revenge. The, up until the credits are rolling, it's all about revenge. I, you know, like I, I will see your point to. I will I will meet you almost halfway rich on that um in that like what I was trying to say before is that basically the coming of age is a lot of things revenge is a big part of that and that's the main vessel of it I mean part of it is about that Agreed. love story Agreed. as well though uh, part of that is about that because she is relying on somebody who you know she realistically is the type of person that doesn't like to rely on people just because of what she's been through. I mean, if we look at the event, the events of the first one, uh, the, the climax of that story is she's kind of allowing Joel. She's allowing herself to be reliant on Joel, but she never wants to be reliant on people. There are cut scenes. There are flashbacks in this game, which Josh, you were referencing that basically are her being, being like, she wants to be on her own. She wants to do things on her own. And when she goes to go on her revenge mission, she ends up taking someone along with her. And I'm being very vague here for spoiler's sake, um, that she learns to rely on. And she, you know, she grows to love. And part of that story there is the, the overall story is what's happening in that relationship. And that very, very, very much affects how she thinks because there are scenes that are directly impacted by that i mean the the one that i think of is the theater scene when she plays the guitar and that is her kind of reconciling what's going on in her life and that part is coming of age that's her realizing that no she doesn't need to do everything on her own she just lost someone that was very important to her and now am i going to say that this story, it, like the, the focal point is the coming of age? No. And maybe I worded that poorly, or maybe it was just the interruptions to where I wasn't able to 
fully articulate that like I am now. I think, yes, the overarching story is revenge, like you are saying, Rich. But I think to discredit everything else that is happening there is wrong. Because, like, I'm not you're, discrediting you're boiling, it. I think you're, it takes a back seat. It does. But, but you, I, think you, I think you are by the implication of saying that it takes a back seat, in my opinion. Because I don't think it takes a back seat. I think it does play an interesting role and an interesting dynamic. Is it the focal point? No. Does that deem it taking a backseat? I don't think so. Well, well th- I can think about, I think you'll think, have a very different take on that by the time you're done. I, and that very may, may well be true. Just, I, I can only formulate my opinion off of what I've experienced right now. And that's completely fair. And, it, and I want to be clear. I'm sorry, before I let you talk, Morgan, um, just because yeah, I want to like make clear, I'm not saying I think the story is bad. I just think the main line of it, like, it, it harps very much, it's very, not even one note, but, like, it's very clear, and at times, I've said this before, eye-rolly about, like, trying to get its points across, but there's really a lot of good in there, and I really did like this game. I'm playing through it twice for a reason. I, like, yeah. I wouldn't be going forward with the new game plus, um, like, I told Morgan the other night, I'm probably gonna try and platinum this, because I'm very close to it. Yeah. Well, uh, no, that's fair. And I don't want people to think that what that's what you're saying. It, you and Josh were saying different things. What I was trying to say was very simply um, to boil the way that it felt like you were boiling down in particular, Josh, was it to, was to like if I were to say Uncharted is just a game that's about treasure hunting. That, and I don't think that's fair. If you played Uncharted 4, it's not about treasure hunting. It's about a man who's chasing, he's having trouble letting go of his dreams. It's about his relationship with his wife and his friends and his brother. There's all these other things going on. that they get in the just... way of him getting treasure. No, but what I'm saying is if, if, you're, if you're trying to just break that the quality of the story down to it's a treasure no, the, hunting game, I just feel like that is just... I think I this is like your way you're more having to of bring a up a lot of other here. examples of games that have more stuff going on in the story because this one doesn't is the issue. Because it's a revenge story. Like, and again, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, every now and then a good, you know, I spit on your grave is exactly what you want. But the issue comes with kind of like I, what I was mentioning before, what, what Rich was saying about them just, here, let's rub your nose in it a little bit. Like, oh, you want revenge? That's not a good thing. Here, look at all the look at all the trouble and and pain you're causing because you want revenge, and they do that look, over and and look over at how many people and get caught in again. the crossfire. And, yeah. nev- I never felt like they were rubbing my nose in it, not one time. I felt like they all were the, presenting all the a enemies scenario. are named. If you kill somebody's dog, they sit there and cry about their dog that you just killed. The whole point of the game is that you are willing to do horrible things to all these people because you want revenge. And that's that's the, that's the story. That's the point that's of the, the game. game. That's mm. that is the game. That's the theme, basically. Yeah, like these. I mo- mean, revenge in is, these moral gray areas. That is the theme, but is that the fault of the game for you taking that much of that away at the end of the day? Because I don't feel like it's rubbing my nose in it when someone shouts a name of someone getting killed. I felt like that was for immersion purposes, not to rub my nose in it. Is that the fault of the game? Because you guys are taking that away from that. I mean that to me, that doesn't sound to me. That doesn't, doesn't sound like that's the fault of the story. That doesn't, I'm not even citing that. To me, sound like it's like, the fault of the writing. To me, that sounds like that's I'm, your I'm interpretation using that as an of it, which is because right you're not at some of the sections later on where they mm, really okay. rub your nose in it. Like, oh my god, okay, that's can fair. you believe the stuff you just that. did? 
that was horrible. You're a terrible person. I can't believe you're still playing this game and doing all these horrible things. They've never, I, they do not go for that tone at all. Ooh, she does yeah, horrible do. things, but like for you're implying a tone from the game that I'm not getting at all. Like they're just, they're show, she has to do these horrible things. People have to do these horrible things, but the game doesn't just linger on, on why that is. It's just, that is the reality of the world they live in. It's the, the, the way most of with- the way, I, I, the way it plays with perspective is how it rubs your nose in it later on. How is that? How is how is playing with perspective rubbing your nose? In I it? can't that's, really get into it without spoiling. That's, that's massive spoilers. Yeah, that's the issue. That's yeah. there's a reason I, they put actually, the embargo on at the part of the game where they did because basically anything past that is kind of getting into the main themes. That like like it's 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 why the game is doing what we're saying. But again, if we don't want to ruin like it for the, anybody. Then, I just like the idea that like yeah. showing another perspective one thing, is rubbing your nose and it's weird to me. What one thing I one thing I want to say, or I guess kind of it's like a dual statement slash question, is part of the reason why you leave the settlement initially is not just for revenge, it's because someone else leaves the settlement and you're also going after that person. Again, avoiding spoilers here. Yes. To basically catch up with them to make sure that person is safe and okay. And I'm just curious because is that a weak justification for you were going to go anyway? Yeah, you were planning on sneaking out anyway, and then somebody gives you that. Hold on! Fuck! (laughs) God damn it, guys! I'm getting there. What I was going to say is I don't know how that plays out in the future because I obviously haven't gotten that far in the game. Is what I was trying to say, and so what I'm trying to say there is basically, um. I'm curious, and please don't tell me, if that plays into that dynamic of revenge or how that plays out as a result, because because I feel like that's part of the plot too, is like, granted, like you guys are saying, you're always going to go there regardless, but now you have this added element, which I haven't mm-hmm. reconciled because I haven't finished the game yet or I haven't gotten to that point in the game, so I'm curious if what you guys are talking about is going to influence and please don't say yes or no. I'm no, just thinking I, I, out loud. I will here. not, but I but, want you to experience that for yourself. Yeah, again, you away from it. I think that's some of the better parts of the game. The parts that aren't focused on all the revenge, the game, like all the, all the side bits, like the, the flashbacks, the parts that are giving you context for stuff, which even they eventually kind of undercut some of the character development you thought some of the some of the motivations you thought you had but like all the bits that aren't just completely on the nose like hey this is a revenge game are done really well because there's a lot more going on there it's it just adds that, needed layers it, it it adds much needed later layers and that's that's kind of the issue is like they hit on the main themes like painfully slow like in in the first game you're supposed to hate Joel by the end like man i understand why you did this but that was fucking horrible and then yeah this is kind of it's trying to do the same thing but it's doing it through the whole game like oh man like i understand she really loved Joel and like she's trying to get revenge but like it's through the whole game that, that she's doing terrible things because and and not even trying to save Joel. Joel's already dead. She's just trying to get revenge, and doing all these horrible and things. Spoiler. Then just 
Josh, what I'll say is even I think the point you were you were kind of mentioning where you're like part of those layers like makes it even harder to reconcile. Mm-hmm. Like I I agree with that one hundred percent because it becomes layer of like well now I that's even worse now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I it's like oh I, I guess strongest... I was giving you too much credit. Yeah, Damn. Exactly. <laughs> well, but that's that's what I don't get, Josh. This is the last thing I'll say. That's a more is... human element I like about. I remember it. Sorry, you. Yeah. I remember you being so excited about like a two minute. E3 trailer of Dina and Ellie kissing and mm-hmm. uh, and how the quality of that is and to me that's basically the majority of the game permeated with chunks of Ugh, no. um, not not the, what I'm what I'm saying is uh, there's a lot of gameplay too obviously um, but like those 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 small character interactions to me those are the best bits yeah they're, it's, they were they're I everywhere. just don't think it's the majority is I. Yeah, I don't agree with it being the majority. Do you count either. like? I just don't. I just don't see that. I mean, there are definitely some violent moments of. To. I should down note, these. Morgan. Also, you have a lot more left than you think you do. That's true. That's true. But I, th- I think we're already on a slightly disagreeing about what I have seen. Well, we'll just we'll leave it at that. We'll just leave it there yeah. for now. No, yeah, but when you're um, saying it's the, the majority, I, I just want to tell you, like, yeah. you have a lot more left than you think you do. And all of it is basically what Josh and I are talking about. But even, but well, even yeah, if that I was, I was going to say that I think that Morgan's not necessarily right or wrong. I think that's just his perspective of what he's taking. Yeah, away. yeah. But where to, where you are, but so to far, say that the sp- there's a lot more of that. What 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 he's men- yeah, what he's to, mentioning. So yeah, and to say that that is a large part of the story, I don't think is necessarily right. I think that's just Morgan. What Morgan is per se taking away and I, I apologize for speaking for you morgan the last thing i wanted to say really quick because i know you want to move on is those flashbacks i think are super integral to go yes. back to rich's previous point and i really enjoy them because it gives a lot of subtlety where the main story doesn't have a lot of subtlety it's something that i actually wrote down that is a spoiler that mm-hmm. i want to talk about later down the road that had this um yeah. There's very there's this the, uh, very symbolic thing that happens in the game that I haven't like yeah. that level of they symbolism a, I haven't gotten in the main story. Yeah, they do a they do a callback to uh um fuck left behind? Is that the name of the DLC? Yeah, yeah. They do a callback to that. A scene that's very reminiscent of probably the most character driven and just like they're basically doing the same thing but you know like a different context giving you like oh this relationship that was between someone else she really she really cared about with is now kind of happening with joel in 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 the same sort of um you know they're 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 kind of it's a moment of vulnerability that yeah, I think is it, yeah. the the character performances drive mm-hmm. stuff like that home in this so like so unbelievably well Ashley Johnson and Laura Bailey are both fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, that that that's also. If you haven't played the DLC, please please play the DLC to the first one, um, because that that section in in the museum bit is is calling back to that, and it does it so unbelievably well. That is like some of the best story bits in the game because it is like you're saying it's showing it's showing the mental state that. Ellie is in right now and and what she's trying like it does it it shows her being herself in a way that 
you don't really get through a lot of the rest of it. A lot of the rest of it is what I feel like Ellie being who she thinks she has to be. And or like, who oh, life forced her to be. Yeah, and like, like, oh, I'm, I've, I've got, of course, I've got to get revenge, even though it doesn't seem to be doing anything for her or anyone else. Like, it's like it's actively hurting her. But like, the she yeah, just that's feels how like, it works. Like, if someone kills mm-hmm. your a father figure to you or someone close to you, it's especially yeah. in a world where they don't have a lot. Like, they, it's mm-hmm. not like you know a lot. Of, we talked about this last week where they live in a place where they don't have a lot of. You know, they have these little tiny settlements. It's not like they just are, like, sitting yeah. around playing video games, going to movies. Like, it's their, – their world is already so stripped and so primitive that, like, by taking someone that brings you joy in your life away from you, and especially the way yeah. that it happened, um, even though they go into that, like, I can't you, – you can't blame her for – continuing for wanting to do that and what happens is you just kind of see you eventually the domino effect the, eventually Again, i think you can eventually you, you can because it. they're like they want you to understand why you're going to do this at the beginning so they make it as traumatizing as possible oh you have to fucking go do this like if you don't go take care of these people who hurt you this way and who hurt someone you care about like that would be just terrible. You can't let you them can't get away with this. Can't live with yourself. Yeah, but like, like I've mentioned with the whole oh, everyone you kill has a name. They they make it more and more painfully clear that you are hurting everyone around you. That you are hurting yourself. You're you're hurting everyone else who's not dead that you still care about. And they just they push that point harder and harder as the game goes on. Uh, well, to, to some degree, yes, I do. There are ramifications, there are echoes, there are ripples from... I, I agree with that, but I mean, that's that's what makes it interesting to see what happens from that, right? I think that that's... How, how, are, the how, are, not, how are the ripples, how is the, the domino ways. effect not interest? Like, that's no, interesting it, it to me to it, see. It is, especially, like, certain characters, uh, even past where you guys are at, I think... Um, one character in particular, I don't really want to mention it. We can talk about this when you guys are done. I think it has the most interesting bit of ramifications for one character in particular. And I just walked away from that scenario being like, fuck, man. Like, he just, like, this particular character just drew the short fucking straw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we'll be able to talk a lot more about it soon. So mm-hmm. I don't want to torture Shay. Let's let give Shay his time, place. Yeah. You'll get um, there. You'll get there. Is, You're this, actually... This... The, the part you just got through is one of my favorite bits in the game, and there's an awful lot going forward that will kind of... Play off more of that. Yeah, we'll, we'll kind of give you more of the, like, the dynamic they're, they're aiming for long-term. Yeah. Well, kinda, and, there's an, yeah. and there's an earth-shattering shift, so we'll see how that goes. Yes. <laughs> That's all we can say. Um, I, 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 so I took two... one of those this morning. Good earth-shattering shit. Earth-shattering shit. Yeah. Boom! Uh, Bazumba. Are you taking Metamucil or how does that work? Hmm? No, it's just oh. a just a. Well, I've been drinking that nice, ketogenic coffee. It really nice, opens you up. Yeah, just a nice morning BM. <laughs> um, a couple pulls that will work well in here, just kind of pulling the audience. Um, first one, let's see. Ellie might be one of the most fully realized video game characters ever. Came back, seventy-two uh, percent yes. Um. I, to me, she is the most fully real, realized video game character. That doesn't mean she's my favorite, but I mean, as far as, as realized... As far as understanding... 
and seeming like a real person years and years of her life so like yeah yes yeah Yeah. well and the performance clementine would like a word yeah clementine i think is the only other real well i don't know about only other but definitely a contender there as far as seeing basically everything that is making this person tick and that is really cool actually i i I think I prefer Clementine as far as like just like where the character's going with everything going on. Um, absolutely prefer like you know just on a personal level um, that she's not become a complete sociopath. But uh, yeah, I yeah interesting. Well, wow, it sounds like Neil Druckmann achieved exactly what he wanted to with you, Josh. <laughs> he upset you. He upset you deeply. Um, well, I would say that he made a simple story. Like, I feel like there was more interesting things going on about with, you were more torn. Like, it was still supposed to be obvious at the end that Joel had kind of lost, lost, you know, the thread of what's, what's actually going on there because he, you know, he, he couldn't, he couldn't get over his own personal issues, but there was still there's still there's there's something to wrestle with there whereas i feel like it does not take very long to completely lose any sense of wrestling with whether or not what i'm doing is justified in this game hmm. yeah I, yeah interesting i've just yeah i felt very differently um so that was uh I think it's probably what gives Ellie a leg up in some of these cases is that when you think of fully realized, the tech is just so incredible that like she just looks and feels and, and talks and like seems like a yeah. real person, um, which is just it's, it's crazy that Naughty Dog can pull that off. Yeah, really. like it's the sort of character where if they look over their shoulder, I get scared while playing the game. Like the fuck, the fuck, the fuck. What are you looking at? Like it's it's that sort of a character. And that yeah. is done really well. Yeah, it's and I think that when the, with the tech that they use, it's interesting because you can take a character like Jesse. I don't really care that much about Jesse, but they make him feel so realistic with the tech and the writing and everything that I'm like, okay, he feels like a real person. So by proximity, I guess there's there's value there for me. But like, a lot of games will have to, you know, they. I'm not saying they're relying on the tech. I'm just saying it's a helpful a helpful tool. Um, whereas mm-hmm. like, you know, games, it's just interesting by comparison, like you were saying, Clementine, I know they use a specific art direction in that game or even like, um, characters I love from Fire Emblem last year, which I love. It's, you're just looking at a static cartoon image and voice acting. So you can only realize that character so much cause your mind has to pull that in and that's fine. I love that. You know, imagination is great. So we read books, but, um, the idea that you're fully realizing something in our medium is interesting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and rant. Um, okay. All right. Let's see her. Her. Let's see her. Let's see her. Let's see her. Um, this was a kind of a, a comical one from last week about gelatinous. I basically just did this <laughs> joke, but yeah. Um, I th- 63% of our audience said that they do think the Pokemon look plastic or gelatinous. Yeah. I think, I think adding plastic to gelatinous. <laughs> was helping you out a bit there because people have used plastic yep. as yeah. a descriptor for something looking a little bit too shiny in games mm-hmm. for decades. Yep. But I, I, I yeah, I, I think I think plastic I just led the audience just into a, my yeah, trap. Yeah. 
plastic plastic gave them an idea yeah, of what you were trying to say a little bit there's more there's <laughs> no way that we can ever possibly see how morgan rigs these polls in his favor after this there's no possible way yeah. we can defend there's no bi- say there's that. N- they're not biased at all i don't know what you're talking about next week Speaking of which, i've wanted flan all week and i, I yeah uh... Yeah, as a joke, I actually think, yeah, that's why I put plastic. I don't actually even think they look gelatinous anymore. I just think they look plastic, so. Yep. Um, which is fine. Which I'll right agree with. I think, yeah, it's not like they're super fuzzy-looking Pokemon or anything like that. They're still the sort of shiny-looking, nice yeah. Could you imagine how horrifying that would be, though? Like, you remember when oh, Monsters like University ones? came out, and you could see Sully's, like, fur just Wars, like jiggle it. with him and just imagine pokemon like that just like that level of realism yep. be horrifying well i mean think about awesome the... but horrifying yeah still excited i like it just because it's going to make it feels like its own kind of thing but i'm yeah i mean that's still gonna be we're gonna be snapping photos like crazy people um mm-hmm. And along the joke that we talked about earlier with the um, – oh, sorry, Josh is taking off. All right, well, that's perfect time to talk about this. He's got to go play Biomutant. Uh, only. <laughs> um, the patron poll of the week was from our good friend Jeffrey, and he said, poll question, can Morgan complete the Papa John's Challenge 50 pizzas in 30 days? Um, 62% of the audience said yes. I never heard of the Papa John's Challenge. Um, Had you not and- heard what Papa said? I no, I didn't. Uh, do you do you have the backstory here? To yeah, help me? The, do you not He's... familiar with the Papa John meme? No, I'm not. Shay, I feel like you were about to go into it, so I'm going to let you take the take the lead here. All all I know is Papa John said the N word. Oh, bunch. okay, no, no, this is a more recent <laughs> one. Um, Shit, it's like not that meme. <laughs> Papa John, as you know now, uh, is not the owner of Papa John's. It's now Shaq, so it should be called Papa Shaq's. Just saying. Is it um, really Shaq? Is Shaq yeah, the owner? I believe what? that's the case. Um, I would buy Papa John's. He's part, he is part owner. He's part, He's owner. part owner. If they renamed it Papa Shaq's, I would totally be buying pizza from there, even if it's trash. Um, basically, Papa, Papa John yeah. did an interview. Uh, the people meme to high heaven because he's saying insane things. Um, he was saying that, uh, you know, Papa John's isn't the same anymore. They changed the formula. He said he ate 40 pizzas in like one month or something insane like that. And he's like, I, and they changed the formula. Um, and my initial thought was you no longer have anything to do with that company. Nobody made you eat 40 pizzas in one month. That's an insane thing to do. Um, and he ended that interview by saying things are about to change. Uh, a day of reckoning is coming. And this was shortly before COVID happened, so I'm saying we blame Papa John. Damn. You know, well, I yep. mean, Papa John's is basically a wet market, am I right? Josh, could we get crickets right there? <laughs> hey, actually, that doesn't make sense because I like Papa John's, so that yeah. isn't. Well, Although this, sometimes I go to poll? mine. What, what about Papa um, John's? Was Papa John's even involved, or did we just somehow wind oh, up Pop, in Papa no, John's? No, Papa John's was the entire discussion. Oh, okay. Like, I, I tell you that I had to explain to uh, Morgan the, the Papa John's 40 pizzas in 30 days thing. Oh, God. That was terrifying. Like, even as a, a day pizza, of reckoning as is coming, pizza Josh, man, you should well, be the real first. Pizza. No, but it's but like, you should be the first person to realize that that's a horrible fucking idea. Well, I think the more interesting caveat of that story is that this happened at a time where he no longer has anything to do with the company. Yeah. 
You're like, yeah. well, nobody told you to do that. <laughs> I, to be honest, I could never, no, I could never, they're wrong. I could never fucking do that. I eat one pizza a week and I feel like a shameful oh, yeah. pig. You shouldn't even eat that much. You uh, Also, not not from Hubba John's. I make my own from pizza. From Domino's. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just make your own pizza. It's, it's way better. Um, it's way cheaper and... Yeah. To be fair, I'd never make my own pizza because I can mm. get good pizza in New York. Yeah, you don't have to in New York. You have people that actually know what they're doing there. Yeah, the I have rest real of us, pizzerias. If you want a real pizza, you have to make it yourself. Yeah, no, I get that. Like, for me, there are real pizzerias walking distance from my home, so. Mm-hmm. I just remember the one, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. P- mm, uh, I had pizza tonight, so I'm feeling rather mm. full and blow. But so no, I would not be able to do it. Thank you, Jeffrey, for the question. I'm learning a lot about Papa John's. Yeah. I really, I was the whole time we were talking. I'm trying to think of a clever name if Sha- if Shaquille O'Neal took over. And I Shaq's pizza or Shaq's John or Sha- Papa Shaq sounds awful. That sounds awful. Pizza Shaq. Papa Shaq. Come sounds, on, ugh. it's it's the pizza, pizza, Shaq. pizza Shaq. Yeah, Pizza Shaq's pretty. And good. they should just use that Gold Bond commercial version of Shaq. Right? Yeah, <laughs> pizza a little shimmy. A little shake. A little shimmy. A little shake. Mm-hmm. Man, that would have such a totally different vibe to that store now. That would be interesting. Yep. Um, can you imagine, though, actually, when Papa John said he ate 40 pieces in 30 days, can you imagine being the guy delivering, the Papa John driver delivering it to him? Like, imagine you just get, like, a random, you know, typical delivery driver call, and you ring the doorbell, and it's Papa himself. That's gotta <laughs> be... I wonder, I wonder how shit. he tips. <laughs> Uh, oh, I imagine he tips excellent. Yeah, I would imagine. Probably not. I, I mean, he knows that shit gets around. I would yeah. imagine he doesn't. He's a white billionaire. Yeah, no, he got there by literally stealing other people's money. That, I mean, that's the only way to become a billionaire. So I can't imagine he tips well. Yeah. Uh, all right, so thank you, Jeffrey, for that. And um, I'll see, but pizza I think now. that almost... Somebody order some pizza. All right. I really just want to okay. talk about Crash Bandicoot all day. Um, now we, Josh has been playing something uh, that Fred Durst is passionate about. Um, well, is, is, is there some real like truth stated in this? Or are you just making a break something joke again? It's well, it breaks. Yeah, breaks stuff, not breaks yeah. something. I don't I listen to bad music, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> Look, I we all listen to bad music, Rich. I don't believe that. Um, we all have some bad music in our in our repertoire happens um so this is a game bad music you know (laughs) good bad yeah it's a guilty pleasure kind of a thing uh josh so you mentioned this is a game i've heard about it's called it's got a weird name it's called hard space shipbreaker um and i watched some videos on it and it just i was trying it was difficult to wrap my head around it, but I guess it's basically a first-person space salvage simulator. Is that correct? Yes, it really is. Like that's that's the game. Like they they showed this at the, I think I think it debuted at the PC gaming show last year. Um, as I recall, that would be the place where this game would debut. Where where I, I'm pretty sure that's where it got on my radar, and I have been waiting for it since then. And it is exactly that. Um. You are salvaging all this scrap for another company that you owe a billion dollars to. And it oddly enough, it does the whole takedown of late stage capitalism better than all the other games that keep trying. Like it, it does a better job even than like uh uh The Outer Worlds, which is another game mm-hmm. that it did it pretty well, but like this game does it well by making 
like if if you're not doing a good job on your shift, you lose money and end up owing them more more money after your shift. Um, You've been charged for the honor of working. Yeah, you, like you rent all your equipment during a given shift from the company you from work the company for, yeah. you work for. Um, okay, and they charge you room and board, um, which like it's it it thematically works really well, but like the the overall what you're doing is literally tearing ships apart and 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 uh you know you gotta like sort the pieces like okay like this stuff is still worth something as is so we'll we'll send that to a barge so somebody can you know resell it for what it is and and this is like good for materials so we'll send it here and and this is uh we'll just burn this it's still worth it's still worth it as fuel for something we'll we'll just burn that um and that's kind of the the thing and so you are sorting it yourself. Like You're sorting it yourself. Yes. Um, okay, that's interesting. And the like the 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 difficulty is that you're doing this job just in a spacesuit, trying to tear down a spaceship, sort it for parts, and and put it where it needs to go. And space is dangerous. Is kind of the 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 difficulty, the thing stopping you from just doing your job. Um, yeah. So like. So is the story mostly told through? Will, it, go, it, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. The story is mostly told through like subtext and well, gore not and even stuff? subtext, but like text, but skippable text. Like okay, basically, like any of the equipment you've got reading. has got the diff. Like, oh, you want to get this upgrade? Here's the terms of service for like for you getting this upgrade for your thing, and kind of explaining the company you work for. Um, and it's like the like I said, the, the overall mechanics. Like, if you don't make enough on this shift, you're not actually you're you're losing money on your shift working for them uh, okay. um and like so that so that's most of the story uh again it's it's in early access so i'm not sure if they're going to make any more of this like really just like spoken instead of just like okay here's the theme if there's going to be like a more of a story i i don't think there is because again it's a it's a sim game um you kind of you sit down you've got 15 minutes um, they give you a tutorial kind of teaching you how each of the uh, pieces of equipment work and how to like tear a ship apart with like a really easy smaller ship to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. And then once you get through the tutorial, you've got 15 minutes per shift to try to tear down as much as possible from a ship. Um, and then you can either move on to a new shift or to a new ship each shift, like kind of pick whatever you want. Or you can keep working on the ship you're on, just depending on whether you think it's worth more money to to keep tearing down the ship you're on or move on to the next one. Okay. So, but, like, you're basically just trying to pay, like you said, all that, that you kept you kept some of the screenshots of, like, paying off, like, weird yeah, loans Yeah, like, like you, at the beginning of the game, you start off with a billion dollars in debt, and you're trying to pay it off by scrapping so that's ship the, parts. the point of the game, basically. It's like, it's, it's yeah. like Animal Crossing. Yeah, that's the, that's the same basic thing. But, like, instead of giving you, you know, increasingly large mortgages to pay off. Upgrades. You just, you start off, you're a billion in the hole. That's why you took this shit job out here on this, uh, on this rig to break down scrap ships. Like no one else would do it. Um, I've, I've not, I've not died yet. So I've not, I don't know the cost of it, but they will clone you. So you continue to work after you've died. They'll they will clone you and revive you so so you can oh, that sounds continue like, to um, work. Um so, void so bastards like, almost. Yeah, or kind of, or like Bioshock or something. But like like the idea yeah. 
apparently it's extremely expensive as well. Like you, you're, you're you're a new person. You just got cloned and you know, your mind put back into yourself and, and you, and you still owe a billion dollars, even though you just showed up, which is like, but it's, it, it does a really good job of kind of getting across the theme, but also it's super fun just to be in first person tearing the ship apart. Like, Okay, like I, I've got to get into this spot, um, and I've got to tear these two things apart. But there's a fuel line there, so I want to make sure I don't cut that. Otherwise, I'm gonna blow myself to hell. Like we've mm-hmm. we've got like just carefully thinking about how you're going to tear a ship apart is actually, it's 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 really been a fun thing to just kind of sit down and yeah. and do while I'm thinking about something else or while like I'm like listening to a podcast or or something like that. It's just it's it's the sort of thing that you can. It's a problem that you can solve easily enough that you don't have to give it your complete Full attention, attention but it's difficult enough that you can't just completely zone out while doing it. It's it's a really cool puzzle that they're giving you of of how to break the ship down. Um and it's just it's it's really satisfying to like see the last couple parts of a ship just get like carried away to the the, the you know, the processor to the barge where you're going to sell these last little bits. And it's just, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, because really like, I think I used to think about that sometimes. When I'd see people breaking stuff, like in like tearing my uh, daughter's school down a couple streets up. Like you can't just run in there and start smashing it because it's gonna fall on you and hurt you. So like, mm-hmm. it sounds like the point of this game is finding like ways to safely salvage and destroy this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Without just, without the ship just, just killing you while you're doing it. So it's the opposite of Red Faction Guerrilla. Yes, uh, yeah, where yeah. your main yeah, thought much, is like, yeah. how can I take out only the main support beam? exactly uh yeah that's that's weird i didn't actually you kept sending us weird screenshots so i didn't think it actually had yeah like, i was sending like, you pictures visuals. of like after the levels of like because like uh-huh. that you're sending us like the, service contracts yeah because like again those are the story bits the parts that i yeah. just thought were just like really got across the theme so well like oh i just did the shift and i i made about 80 percent of what it cost me to go to work for today like, so Yay. you really nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> that, is a, that is a strange thing to enjoy doing, but yeah. I guess I get it if the actual moment-to-moment gameplay feels good yeah. or is interesting to you. Because it's kind of a puzzle game, it sounds like, basically. In a, in a bit. Like, it's it, not as such. There is more than one way to solve a problem, but it's 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 really fun to figure all that out. because yeah. It's not a linear puzzle game. Yeah. There's only one way to rip it apart. Mm-hmm. Give me something to rip. <laughs> Give mm-hmm. me something to salvage. Yeah. Tough crowd today. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry uh, I'm sorry I did that. <laughs> uh, I just the only thing I missed was Shay playing air drums mm-hmm. to my air guitar. Um, must be busy dropping some heaters. Uh, so yes, yeah, so it's called. How much was it? it uh, I <laughs> let me look it up real quick. I've got Steam open real quick. I'll look it up. Josh has Steam open 24-7, really. That's how he goes to sleep. He falls asleep with his Steam my library PC's open. my PC's on, Steam is open. I'm, <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about what I'm going to play it when we're done here. Is uh 25, but in early access. I don't know how much. Uh, it says till July 7th, it's 20 instead of 25. Uh, Cool. Cool. Um, A very, very... um. Brief rundown before we get to. I don't want to rush you, Josh. Is there anything else? Make you it lengthy. To... <laughs> um, that yeah, it sounds sounds pretty cool. It really does. Um, 
Yeah, I've been pleased with it. Like, I was looking forward to it ever since I saw the, you know, like that first reveal of it. And uh, it's it's done it's done kind of what I thought it would do very well so far. Like, they're, they're saying they're still going to add more mechanics and stuff to uh, to the game in early access and it's it's already fun now so i'm i'm looking Mm. forward to some of the especially some of the larger ships as you go on them being more complicated of a puzzle to figure out how to tear this thing apart Mm. without killing yourself um so yeah i'm i'm already already pleased and it looks like they're adding more to make it you know just really last for a long time figuring out how to how to how to do this thing so, Space Khaleesi, breaker of ship chains. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, uh, so real quickly before we get to, this is very exciting. We have a bunch of cool Patreon stuff to go through. If you are want to support us, like, hey, these guys do a pretty funny show. I like to hear them yell about stuff. Uh, and they also have a fun social media, and they Twitch stream, and it's pretty okay, too. I guess I'll throw them a couple bucks. Hey, well, that's pretty awesome. You should go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. That's right, patreon.com slash swordchomp. Um, Rich. Yes, dear. Why should... What kind of perks do they get? What kind of tiers are we talking about on our Patreon page? Why is it worth people's hard-earned money? You want to come come to this Patreon? I'll tell you what you get. You get access to a private Instagram account. That's pretty fun, huh? You can come hang out in our Discord, yeah. uh, where we, we talk about a lot of weird stuff. Um, and, I you need know, friends. So there's, that a, works well. there's a certain podcast, uh, not not this one, but a certain one, you get a little bit of a, a, an early primer access to. Chomping After Dark? Is that what it's That's called? That's the one. The, night, the one we do at nighttime when I'm already angry. <laughs> and that's we fight about spoilers the whole time, right? Yeah, because I'm already angry and drunk. Mmm... So Angry Drunk Rich is only available at patreon.com slash swordchomp. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, only available at patreon.com slash swordchomp right. in the Chomping After Dark feed. Is that why you usually wake up on Saturday morning and you're just apologizing to us all morning in our group chat because you were drunk and you said mean things to us? I've never once apologized to you for saying something mean to you. <laughs> to us or anyone in your life. That's not no true one, at all. <laughs> no one's ever got an apology. That's not true. Um, I'm a nice I'm a good person. And a Big softy and a good friend, and there are many people that can attest to me blowing them, turning my phone on silent, going to bed, and dealing with <laughs> them in the morning. He was the big softy in my heart until he started bashing on Death Stranding, which is actually releasing on PC July fourteenth next <laughs> Would, month. Wouldn't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> I would. The only reason I bring this up is because I had a very quick, fun rundown before we get to this. Take about a minute and a half. I think you guys will find this interesting to kind of get people jazzed about. We are right smack dab in the middle of the year, literally almost exactly of 2020. Um, some of the big things you have to look forward to: Deadly Premonition Two next month. Leaving your house, guys. Can't believe that's only on Switch too. What is going on in the world? Um, July 10th, leaving your house potentially. Death Stranding, July 14th. Ghosts of Tsushima, July 17th. That's going to be a big one. That's going to be a big one. Paper Mario and the Origami King. People are excited about that. Not me, but other people. Wait, the what? What's Paper that last Mario? This is Tsushima or- King. No, no, no. Is the the? I'm sorry. The what king? Origami King. No, it's Origami. No, nice try. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> Josh, why the fuck are you ruining it? Josh, <laughs> Jay, come on! That, no, that, dude, that's never gonna land. That's like, too we've, much we've of a tried stretch. Guarantee you that would have landed if you guys had went with me. If you had, we look. We, I couldn't even sell that me. one. Mm-mm-mm. I don't think that one was gonna land. Like, I I, guys, to I totally my... had it planned out. You <laughs> fucked okay. it up. Okay. All I had to say, sure, we we ruined that joke. Look, look okay, that's, that's totally I'm gonna, on I'm us. Gonna, I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this feel on this and see if Morgan, see if it would have been possible that I would have convinced you. Isn't I would have said easier to the just way, wait for him to say something wrong. Well, here's the thing: is like I was gonna say in the U.S. we actually put the stress on the wrong um, syllable. Syllable, like in yeah. Japan. Syllable. In <laughs> Japan, <laughs> we. Here in Japan, they don't put any stress on it, so it's origami. It's just like flat. We put the stress on the wrong man. syllabus. Mm-hmm. What, Morgan? What, would there have been any possibility that I convince you with that explanation? Well, I would say this, Shane. Like, I'm very, um, I'm very susceptible to this at times if I feel self-conscious. But uh, that w- that's an easy one for me. It just is. I just know that one. Um, there was a, so a you're kid, saying there's a chance. I made a lot of um, origami uh, genitalia when I was younger. It was kind of my thing. So. What? Huh. How did we get here? <laughs> he turned it around on you. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like super bad, except I didn't draw penises everywhere. I made them out of origami. Well, all right. All the best well, foods are shaped like dicks. See, I, 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 here's what I want. <laughs> I mean, most Josh, are just in general, whether they're good or bad. They're just, they just are. Here's what I want you guys to remember. You guys were both just shaking your head after Morgan's comment. If you had went with me, think about where we would be instead of where we are now. Definitely a better place. Yeah. Look, a difference in perspective can mean everything, you know? Unfortunately, not this case. September. Um, in September, there's not, there's absolutely nothing good in August. I hate to break you guys' uh, whatever. Oh, th- you know, that's not true. I'm sure you guys will find something on there. So that I feel like that's I'm just, not true. I can't, like, I'm, pinpoint anything, but I feel like that's not true. I'm just talking about the big hitters that more of the, you know, more people will probably care about. Not that there's nothing good there. You know what I'm saying? September, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 will be remastered. That is huge. Um... October, you have the Crash Bandicoot now re, uh, remake. Or sorry, Crash Bandicoot Four. I almost fucked that up. That's that's huge, huge. November, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and then of course there's a ton of stuff that hasn't had an official street date that's supposed to come out um, that we've seen like yeah. Halo. Infinite. Oh my goodness, so, so much stuff was announced that's supposed to hit with the next gen systems that we don't have a date yep. for yet. So, so those dates will just be coming. Yeah, hot we and should fast. find out. Way too much fucking stuff last minute to budget Spider-Man. for, unfortunately. Yeah, so. Spider-Men. No, Spider-Man. Coming to you. Where, two years. where the hell is Super Meat Boy Forever, by the way? Um, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, That's weird. Uh, oh, idea. put that on a, like, has not talked about it in a while. Jesus Christ. Also, where the hell is the last night? Yo, yeah, we've been waiting story. for that for a while. Uh, you won't be oh, getting yeah, that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. Right. It's not looking good, but it's yeah, it's not I looking actually, like it's happening currently. But yeah, it's, it's not even a joke. I actually talked to the developer on Instagram before. I actually had a conversation with him, and he said that it's you know it's still happening, but you know going through a lot of problems. So we'll see. Um. Anyways, let's get to our patron. Uh, poll, and then our shoutouts to end. You said you did a Patreon poll, uh, Shay, that you wanted to talk about. Yes, really quickly, and this is, um, I think it's going to be entertaining for both, all three of you guys. So, 
I asked the question. I wanted to ask a fun and simple hypothetical question. Your choices are to play through Breath of the Wild, but Mario is the main protagonist, or you play through Odyssey, but Link is the main protagonist. So basically, you take the main protagonist of each game and swap them. Which would you rather play? And our you, fans. Can, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what I was going to ask is, um, what's the caveat here? When you say you play as that character, does that mean everything about the way that character behaves translates yep. into yep. Like just okay, the, that's, the original game? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. just what I wanted to clarify. Yep. All of Mario's powers follow him as he goes into Breath of the Wild. All of Link's powers, abilities, weapons, what have you. Granted, I understand you find some of them, but you just have them all. And He's you got his tool Odyssey. set, is what you'll say. Yep. Yeah. yep. We had Breath of the Wild get five votes, and we had Odyssey get seven. So Odyssey that, as Link was yeah. the winner. I think that makes the mm, most sense. That's the opposite for me. Yeah, I disagree with that. I think that makes sense just because the way the world is designed, if you didn't have fall damage would really make it a whole lot easier to just get some places with Mario that could just you could you could just blow through Breath of the Wild. Well no, with that he's, sort say, of he's saying yeah, he's saying Odyssey like won it though, which to me like Well I, I think yeah. Link traversing the world of Odyssey feels a lot more limited to me than like Yeah. The scope I think it sounds much you... well it sounds harder to me. I think I'd be much more interested to see how I could get around that sprawling high rule with like fucking triple jumps and shit. Mm-hmm. Well, think about that. Imagine seeing Mario's plumber's crack in cell shaded, beautiful breath. He wears art overalls, direction. idiot. Oh come on, that's not the. No, I want to see a, the. He wears a wedding dress. <laughs> oh well, if you're playing it canonically, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see Mario rendered in uh, that art direction um, for for the sake of just that. So. What art direction? No, I'm serious. What art direction are we? T- <laughs> Breath of the Wild has an incredible art direction. It's so so different from Mario. <laughs> it's very different. Oh, your joke. You're fucking with me. I well, hope. what I mean, like, is cell shaded compared to what Mario like. Like, they're. I don't think they're that distinctly different. Like, you don't think Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild are distinctly different in art direction? I think they're more in the same camp than a lot of things. Like, obviously, uh, Zelda has that brighter cel-shaded look, but I don't think seeing a cel-shaded Mario is going to, like, knock me on my ass. Well, look, I... That's that's perfectly fine. I uh, I don't particularly agree with that sentiment, but hey, you're entitled to your opinions. I have to, I'm contractually obligated to respect them. I never signed my part of the contract. <laughs> Thank you. Um... Okay, cool. So yeah, we want to bounce around Hyrule. No, actually, that one lost, but it should have won. That's stupid. Yeah, how dare? No, you? I think they're we've, right. It sounds we, like trying to get through Odyssey as Link would almost be like a Dark Souls game because it's not made oh, for Link would, to get through there. You know, it would be harder. I get that, but like, I, I guess that's not the experience I was looking for out of this. Yeah, like yeah. being able to climb all around the place. Like some, a lot of those levels are super vertical. It'd be it'd be really fun to like try to get through there with bombs and just climbing everything and so. freezing the water. Mm-hmm. Um, this, so this is a fun thing we do. If you support us uh, at particular tiers, we give you a shout out in the form of a short narrative. Um, 
and then you're willing to you can judge this narrative as harshly as Josh is judging the narrative in The Last of Us too. Okay, mm-hmm. so feel free to to do that. Um, yeah, <clears throat> no, these shoutouts are basically just a revenge story. Yeah, this well, one is. I read it. I read it to the end. It's gonna be that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, make make sure you guys read really quick because you all have small parts. Oh, we're ready. I, we're I, ready. I didn't oh, I've already rehearsed it. In, yeah, I already rehearsed it in my head, Shay. Yeah, let's go, Shay. Okay. Kick us off. I I did a few different options, different voices I could give you. Yeah. All right. It's not prepared for this my whole life. For whatever reason, your stage directions half the time say three, and the other times say two. Do you mean all of us for each? Right or not? Right, because because like the two, the other two, as in like. There's one where Morgan's going to say something and you two are going to just okay. be hype and Morgan's going to say it at the same time. Okay. So so those okay. are meant to be like grouped. They're simultaneous. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm going to put an extra space. Yeah. Make sure you leave all this sure in the grouped. podcast. This is good stuff. I like this. No. Yeah. I think it is because it's yeah. like we are. I'm the only one who's in on it. You guys have to improv. So yep. good luck. Okay. Love Other improv. two. All right. So I'm putting just an like extra. Scott in the office. I got a gun. An Scott. extra indentation whenever it's. Told me he has a gun under yeah. the table. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? Do it. Okay, okay, okay. It's time to bring the hype. Can I get some hype, fellas? Okay, okay. We have Danny P holding down the all but the hilt tier by his damn self. Oh, fuck. We have Cody, Dan W, Gilbeezy, Ivan, and the Rev at the Steely Two Course Meal Tier. Woo! Woo! Oh! 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 oh my God! <laughs> Next, we have Curtis, Jason, John, Jay Holbro, Lisa, and Matt at the Some Extra on the Side Tier. Damn! Shawty could get it. Fuck. Mm. Yeah. Give it to oh, boy. Oh, boy. We have Chance, Curse of Lie, Howard, Justin, Kane, Ryan, Stefan, Cy, Tawny, Vince, and Cornspace at the A Mouthful tier. Damn. Oh, I love all oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Last but not least. We have Fletch and Paul at the a quick bite tier. Root, 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 baby. Yeah. <laughs> nice short and sweet this week. Like I was telling the guys privately, I was trying to write a script inspired by The Last of Us 2. I just last night when I got home. You all remember blanks, this part. I I'd go with this short and sweet. So I want to just thank you, you remember guys. Remember the part with um, all the hype men? Yeah. yeah. The, the hype was the hype was much better, but I just want to say thank you during these difficult times for continuing to allow us to entertain you guys. Um, not just you, the patrons, but everybody, but especially the patrons, uh, for supporting us to allow us to continue to you know, like I said, entertain you guys, uh, support our dreams, allow us to be able to make more and interesting content because. Um, we have a lot of stuff going on in the backdrop, and we're really excited. We're going to be dropping that here 
here very soon. We've been working privately. We've been teasing things. So uh, your financial contributions are actually allowing us to um, make a lot of these things that we've been wanting to do for years a reality. So seriously, thank you guys from the bottom of our heart. And also just an extra special thank you to our patrons because um, specifically in our discord where we have like the VIP stuff, they've really taken it upon themselves to really make it a community that's gone beyond the four of us. And I'm just, I'm so thankful. Like in our discord, we have like people who regularly share, share recipes. Um, we have people who have created Spotify Sorchomp playlists where we share music together. Um, we have a book club that is going to be meeting for the first time next week. Uh, we like have all these things, like it's an actual community there. And, um, you don't have to be a part of the Patreon to be a part of the discord, but you get access to the VIP channel. Um, mm -hmm which is where a lot of the discussion takes place. And it's, it really just feels like a close knit family, a very dysfunctional close knit family. So, um, we need I just want to, yeah. <laughs> right. The, so the, uh... I just want to say thank you to all the patrons who have really not just supported us, but turned what we've done into even more of a community than we would have been able to do by ourselves. So thank you. It's it's great because our I agree with Shay hundred percent. It means the world to us. And you know, honestly, like Shay's saying, our community is great because there's no it's a small community, there's no racism, there's no homophobia. There's only one creep, and that's me. I'm the village creep. Uh -huh. Um so he's been it, banned three space. times so far. I've I've been banned from my own community. Um which quite sure. frankly is I learn a lesson every time. It's a life lesson to be learned. Yeah. Uh, about how you took to, the you, simping too far, we had to get <laughs> yeah. you out. Yeah, a few more months, he might actually pass as a human. We just keep him secured in his own channel now called Simp Nation. <laughs> Simp Nation. I like, the, I like the ring of that for some reason. No, you don't. You no, really you don't. don't. Oh, you can, you can have fun with the simp thing if you want, but let's, let's not go there. Can I get you that Quit being bite? a simpleton. Um, simp it ain't easy, you know what I'll say? I'm a simp. A kind of man, baby, won't you do this for me? God, we I need love a that foreigner to... song. We need a way to kill this. <laughs> no, his nice mic. try, Shay. Nice try. I know my cold is ice. Willing to sacrifice our love. Do, 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 for legal do, reasons, do, I'm gonna have to ask you to stop. <laughs> okay. All right. It's been a lot of fun. Go ahead, Josh. I saw you lean in, Josh. Go for it. No, no. There's, there's nothing to say about that. that... Everyone else didn't already experience and think to themselves. We already. were all here for it. We can mm -hmm. just let it go. Okay. All right. Um, let it go. No. If you want to hear the go. true story, no. if you want to hear the true story about how my friend's dad taped over my cassette of Gangsters Paradise by Julio with Foreigners Cold Device, you can hit me up on our VIP Instagram. I cried for I cried for days. <laughs> That's understandable. <laughs> that is the most Morgan story I've heard. <laughs> it really is. Ever. <laughs> Cry. Anyways, it's been a lot of fun. Let's get out of here. Uh, thank you, Josh, for being here from Michigan. Rich from Easter's New York. Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Your life is a joke. <laughs> I love Damn it, Rich. I love that song. I love it. Still to this day. It's in most our lives. <laughs> Living in a um, Yeah, that's why cassettes were dangerous, and I'm glad we moved away from that whole... 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you know we can put can that behind us. Punch out that little tab. <laughs> that's that's so, the so biggest tragic so takeaway from this story. Yeah. Um, thank you, Shay, for being here from Japan. Rich from New York. Josh from Michigan. And, of course, I'm Jenner Mountain Morgan here in Montana. We'll see you next week for an all-new Chompcast. It's the most I've